Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 267 of We Podcast. And we know things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me, as almost always, for the first real time, I guess, in 2022, like our first normal episode, the best damn voice in the business, Sam Toro. $70 billion? Who do they think they are? Kelsey Clinton? You did that last time. Chelsea, not Kelsey. Kelsey is a Kelsey. <laughs> uh, I will say this, everybody. We have a lot to talk about tonight. It is, but I was going to say, at, at least today, it actually makes sense. For real. Saying. like Insane God. amount of money have been thrown around this week. We'll talk about it. It's January 20th, 2022, Thursday night. I thought we'd be even later than we are. I'm surprised it's only 8.40 p.m. Uh, thought we wouldn't get started till around 9 or after. So we're here. We're ready to rock and roll. And it's an enormous episode. We're back to picks of the week this week. We didn't do them last week. Well, because you know why. We did about 50 picks of the week last week. Yeah, they have enough picks of the week for the year. I for think. real. Uh, so we are back to regular picks of the week, which is really hard for me this week because most of them that were on my list were a part of my, you know, my favorites in our episode last week. So I had to pull something out that was... The one thing that was not on my favorite list from 2021 on my picks of the week list. So I got one for you. If you're a 90s kid, then you'll like it. Uh, we have trivia, five and a half for me, three and a half for Sam in our race to 11, win by two. I said last week I had a really fun question for you. I just sat on it for another week. I didn't change it, and I'm going to give it to you tonight. Yeah, th- the same question I had for you, bro. I just wrote it over to the next I, I'm very excited about it. And now normally we would start in some sort of section, movies, TV, gaming. You know how the show works. You've been with us for five years. But tonight we got two massive stories that we want to put up front in no particular order that we wanted to talk about before we get into the nerdy news. And that is Microsoft has acquired Activision Blizzard. And also we got our impressions of the debut trailer for Moon Knight. I just thought these two things were too big to put in the normal stories. It, it just like, I think it was, did they, was it the, both the same day they came out? Like I one was Monday night. Like, one was Tuesday morning. Yeah. I was going to say it was, it was either that or a two day span. It was like, bam, boom, bop, bop, yeah. bop, mad stories. I was like, Oh shit. Okay. This is a good show. We got a good yeah, show. Yeah. One was nine at night. One was nine in the morning and they basically 12 hours apart hit us hard. I mean, I went to sleep with Moon Knight. I woke up with Microsoft. So it was a crazy Monday, nice. Tuesday, and I told Sam, it's only Tuesday, and then, yeah, the rest of the week had happened because it's it was an insane week. We're going to start – well, I guess we're not going to start. After we talk about Microsoft and Moon Knight, Sam's going to take over for gaming where we're going to talk about NPD for December and for all of 2021. So we have the best-selling games of December and the best-selling games of 2021. Microsoft has updated us on how many Game Pass subscribers there are. Nintendo announced not one but two – but two Nintendo Switch Online N64 games. We'll talk about those. Uh, Kingdom Hearts got a release date for the Switch. We have some Pokemon Legends Arceus and Forbi- Horizon Forbidden West. By the way, I just want to put this out there. Pokemon Legends Arceus is a week away, which is A, insane that it's already only a week away. B, I feel like we never talk about it. There's been almost no news. They had the one trailer. We barely touched it. Yeah, I think we talked maybe twice. I think we, we've actually talked about Legend And it's because there was like a Pokemon Presents on it. Like they yeah, really exactly. haven't given us a ton of stuff. I mean, we talked about Cleavor when the Scyther New Evolution and stuff like that. But usually when a po- new Pokemon game comes out, we're doing a lot of stories because they do new Pokemon. They do new story stuff. This they really haven't. So to be able to go into a Pokemon game kind of blind is nice unless 
Unless is that, say, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Unless you've paid attention to the story we're going to talk about tonight with Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, not accordingly or apparently, it is um, unfortunately not the best story for Horizon Forbidden West and Pokemon Legends Arceus. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we have a Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga update finally after a year plus of being delayed. It got a new release date. We'll go into t- and a pretty long trailer, a too. six minute gameplay overview. It was, it was fun. Uh, and then we'll go into TV where we're going to talk about Godzilla, Cuphead, Tim Allen, King of the Hill and Lord of the Rings. Like what? <laughs> and like they're all awesome. Stories. For real. And you want to talk about like a normal podcast, like a normal podcast might cover two of these stories because they're in their wheelhouse. Sam and I like this is what we do. We are so. uh I guess like wide in our coverage, the breadth of our pop culture knowledge expands that far to where we have in-depth knowledge and uh, opinions about all of this stuff. That just tells you how big of a freaking nerd we are. We're all nerds for like, it's insane. It's insanity. How cool all the stuff that's happening in the TV world is 2022 off to a good start in the TV space. We're going to end it off in, in, well, no, we're not. Uh, We're going to take it over. And from there in movies where we got an update on the Batman, Red Notice, The Kingsman, and A Christmas Story, of all things. Yes, that's right. A Christmas Story. So we got there. Before we end in music, where we have the When We Were Young Fest, everybody's talking about it. So are we. We're going to list our top three favorite bands from that festival that we would be looking forward to see if we were to go to the Vegas. And, and, and that is, to me, I, I told Greg, I was like, Greg, this is like your child, like your teenage festival. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, like, it's not. It's not. I was. I, I, where I, I think I have your three in my head already, I, and I guarantee you're wrong. You might have one. And there, is it main? The, what's up? <laughs> the main? Nah, I was never a huge main guy. But oh, I thought you no, were. I, th- like this. I was a drive-through kid. There's one, two drive-through bands on this. So like, yeah, where's yeah. Newfound Glory? Where's the Early November? Where's uh, the Academy? Is they come back for the for like a one night thing? Like the audition? Like that's the shit. Like I would have been psyched on that. I, this show is fine to me. It doesn't really move the needle. And I'll tell you why. In our top three, again, we just said top three artists were kind of we would be looking forward to seeing. Yeah. I caveated on it. My top three are artists that are playing this festival that I haven't seen before already. Yeah, I did um, two bands I've never seen and one band I did. See. Same, but the one band I did see was so long ago, I don't even remember the show. So like Dance Gavin Dance, not on my list because I've seen them already twice. Yeah. So like it's just the starting line. I've seen them like 10 times. I don't need to yeah. see them again. So like stuff like that. So I'm excited for that. Sam will take us home from there with a weekly WADA. We've wasted enough time. It's going to be a long night. Let's get into it, Sam. Let's start where we customarily do with our picks of the week. Picks of the week. Me and Kelly, we finished Cobra Kai season four. Nice. I can we have the right same now, pick of the week. Oh, is it? I was going. It's it's it shits on season three. I mean, I think Kelly said it was still. She thought it was still a little corny. Of, of course, but I that's what like the show is. is. It's intentionally it, it, corny. It, it's more you know the, the cornier jokes are for the younger kids. It's not like maybe the, as as the first sec. I feel like the first and second season were a different tone. Third, they changed it. It, it just didn't work too much. But I think fourth I they love- went back to that first season quirkiness a little bit. I mean, the only thing they didn't go back to yet is Hillary Hillary Swank. Because she was in the uh, the next Karate Kid in ninety, which is so she guilty pleasure movie of mine. I always liked that, and I I believe it's the worst rated out of all of them with a seven percent. Yeah, it's not even close. It's yeah, not a good um, movie. Let's put that out there. But I just <laughs> okay. like it. 
Yeah, I mean, again, like this season, I mean, it was still, if you pay attention, it's, you know, the, the tournament was pretty predictable. I called every right fighter, which I felt pretty good. Yeah, as soon as um, you, as soon as Eli, like his girl showed up, I was like, all right, they, they have that for a reason. Yeah, you know, again, it, 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 to, to boost him up. Um, which like, he needed. Let, he actually had a pretty good arc over these past few seasons. He, no, he went I, through I, a lot. I agree. It, they, they gave other characters time to shine rather than just, you know, let, oh, let's let the same people win again. Like, change it up a little it bit. It was cool to see and, Robbie come in second for a second time. Yeah. Like, I didn't think they had the balls to do yeah. that. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. No, and great. And they they actually brought in a villain that – in the third movie he was in, it's uh, Terry Silver. If, if you watch the third one, he was just cra- absolutely crazy. But they kind of honed him in on – on Cobra Kai, and it totally freaking works. And for he was my favorite part. I love. Uh, I, I think Terry Silver stole the show. Yeah, probably. He's probably my favorite overall villain. If you kind of, I, we say villain, like antagonist, yeah. if you will, whatever. Well, if, you watch the th- if you watch the third movie, he was, he was a like a villain in that. Yeah. One. yeah, I mean, he. I mean, he's not far off here. He beats the shit out of uh, the the the. Fat you want to be Cobra Kai? Yeah. You want to be Cobra Kai? The fat guy, oh, dude, that was Stingray. That was so crazy. Yeah, Stingray. Stingray, he beat that, and then Stingray obviously covers it up with Crease, and that was a really good twist, by the way. I actually didn't see that coming. Um, I I thought this dude, was love Martin Co- Martin Cove is so good as John Crease. Yeah. Oh man, I, I thought this was probably my favorite season since one. Um, yeah, agreed. And I, I overall, I like the tournament arc on this one. It was short. That's and sweet. my favorite. I want more. I want more tournaments because to me, that's again, it's what the you know the, the movie what you love with the crane kick and everything. It, it's kind of bringing it back. It was twenty percent of the season too. Like they did a ten episode yeah. season and only two episodes were the, the tournament. So I'm cool with that. It didn't take up. Yeah. Well, and they didn't like drag it out. They kind of got to where they needed to go, and and I appreciated that too. I also saw from a mile away once. Uh, the ref missed her going out of bounds. Oh God, yeah. Saw that Come he on. was getting paid off on that one a mile away. Yeah. But again, I, I yeah, agree. I, this I, was I, a really good season. I I do love the the chemistry of Ralph Macho, William Zabka, like there's but Johnny Lawrence, Daniel Larusso. That's perfect. Um, I see that uh, Ralph Macho actually brought in his daughter, like his real life daughter, as the I, I think the one it was like her one aunt or something that came in with the, the comedian Brent Ernst, who was yeah. like plays Louis Larusso. Yeah. Um, I, I thought they they were cool. I did want to see my boy Brenner. So I feel like she was the had, psychic, like, was, right? Or not the yeah, psychic, the the therapist. Yeah, the therapist. Yeah, the therapist. Yep, that was it. And you know, I I would have liked to see a little more of him, but you know, just to see him at all, I guess, is pretty good. Yeah. Um, the show already got signed for season five before season four even premiered. Um, and I I know he was on uh, um, Ralph Macchio was on um, Jimmy Fallon, and he was saying, you know, that I guess that they're in a position where that they don't know where they're going to go, continue to its spin off, or you know, he's, he called it the, the Miyagi verse, which I you know, I still find funny as shit. That is funny. But again, they really improved on season four. I again, if if they lost you on season three, I, I think give season four a chance because I, I think Terry Silver saves it. Uh, I I don't know if this is a hot take or controversial, but as much as I love the show and from the jump have been all over it, season three definitely a downer for me. But three of the four seasons I've been in love with. I'm ready for it to be over. I'm ready for season five to be the last season. If they were to call it there, I'd be you cool. I'd be cool. I, I don't know if they will or not, but I'd be cool with it if they do. It wouldn't bother me at all. I'd say, all right, you're a good I run. I can see them saying, you know, give them two seasons to finish up. Because, again, they, they have so much storylines of, you know, building up. Well, now Eli, what's his face the, came back to at the Horowitz. last second, the last scene at, the, at Miyagi's uh, grave. What's his face came back. So now Daniel LaRusso even yeah. has another ally. So that'll be the – overarching thing yeah, for which, five. which i i thought we were going to see him earlier in this season so to yeah. get him to come back so that's great and i did love the arc of dimitri of kind of seeing where dimitri started and kind of 
you know, yeah, he, he lost to Robbie, but you know, like just even Robbie, like the way he looked, I'm like, oh man, you improved. You got some new moves. So I, I did, I did like his his growth. And I, what's his name? Kenny. I can't remember the little the little kid that gets picked on and then ends up fighting Robbie and losing. I can't remember. Oh, and, and becomes bad. Yeah, I can't remember who he was. It Kenny. I thought it was Kenny. Something like whatever his name is. Sean. I think his name Sean's little brother. Whatever it is. Um, he, is it Sean Payne? I think no. He's the brother who's in jail still. It's his little brother. Okay. But regardless, I thought they have somewhere to go with him. They have somewhere to go with. Uh, crease being in jail that's you know another arcing story so they have stuff to tell for five so i wouldn't be shocked if they get through that in five and then wrap it in six and yeah. listen if fucking cobra kai the freaking uh spin-off tv show for the pretty not great karate kid franchise gets six seasons that are mostly loved and adored i think you can call that yeah. a pretty successful run yeah. No, my for, God. By I'm the way, for a show that started off as a YouTube original show where nobody watched it. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I, I was like, even, I think you watched it before I, I did. did. I was like, no, not until it comes. I didn't watch it until it came to Netflix. Yeah. And we're lucky that this even got announced to Netflix. Like, this is the only YouTube original from YouTube Red that freaking made it out of that cesspool. And we're lucky because without Netflix coming through and saving it, yeah, so far they've missed on one of their two seasons that they've had it. But the fact is, they put the old seasons out pretty quickly. So people were able to get into yeah. it. And now you have season four, which wasn't just your typical Netflix series, it did well. And they're going to be able to get five or six seasons out of this show, which, you know, this was supposed to be dead after two because YouTube was supposed to be dead after two. Yeah. So I'm thankful that Netflix even picked this one up. Yeah, I mean, they saved a lot of shows, but sometimes, you know, they only get one one season. Thankfully, it did have some growth on, on YouTube. So that was our picks. We, we had the same one. I love that. Um, That's like the second time. Yeah, it? I I, I guess maybe I should have said 80s kids, not 90s kids. I didn't really think about that. The movies really came out in the 80s. Except for the next, I think next came out in in the early. Yeah, 90s. not not yeah the fud. Yeah, Hilary Swanks was ninety. Yeah, ninety four. That's it. That's it. She has a bird that she calls and stuff like that. <laughs> it's no good. That, that's the one. It's you can really skip. not great. They break into a school. It's it's just not good. But guilty pleasure. Uh, we'll move on to trivia. It's fifteen minutes into the show. Five and a half for me. Three and a half for you. I got a two point lead. I'm going to give you your question first. Try to let you claw back into it for a, a minute here. God knows I need it. This is a. Dexter question without it being a Dexter question. So here we go. It's funny. Funny. Okay, continue. Continue. Michael C. Hall is the lead singer of a band. Yeah, I know the band. What's the band's name? Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. I need to hear the answers, but I know they're doing a concert. Just let me hear it. Is his band name The Deeper Down? Is his band name Princess Goes to the Butterfly Museum? Is his band name Too Cool to Care? Or is his band name The Ketamine Kids? It's B. Yes. Yeah. I, I As soon as I, I know it was long and ridiculous. I picked I out did. a couple of their song titles as the other ones, except for the Ketamine Kids. I just thought that was me being clever with Ketamine. But you never know. You sneaky dog. Yeah, but if I if I didn't go down like a YouTube thing, I would have never known he had a band. So I, I just did you listen to them. I did. And it was, it's very weird. music. It's, it's it's like synth, like synth yeah. sad pop. It's not for me. I did try yeah. it, and it's just weird yeah, to hear too. Michael C. Hall as the lead singer. He's not yes. bad, but he was also he also did stage work and and stuff. So he's yeah. he has a musical background. But I mean, but, hey, it's cool. It's cool that they're touring. Like that's cool. Yeah, and so I I was just like, hey, you know, I'm not gonna continue listening, but it's yeah. cool <laughs> that you do this. Okay, funny enough, I also have a Dexter question because we both had our questions last week. How many total episodes are there in Dexter, including New Blood? Well. 
what is it? Eight times 12 plus 10, right? I mean, like, I'm pretty sure that the last few seasons had 12. So what's, let me just do a little mathy math here. Eight times 12. I do have my calculator out. I'm not looking up the answer, but I do have my calculator. Okay, I trust you. Eight times 12 is 96 plus 10 equals 106. You are correct. I, I actually, as I answered, I was like, it's probably easy. And then I forgot that they actually were 12 and 10. Yeah, that was so easy. Yeah. I just had to do uh, a little. Oh, well, I, yeah. I think it's been my shtick that I've been giving you lob ups for the last like three trips. Well, math, so. math. Well, I have a two and a half point lead now as we both got our questions right. But that's the beauty of this game is I still gained a half a point because we do the multiple choice. I feel like that's got, I don't hear a lot of podcasts do shit like that. I think that's a pretty cool piece of our podcast. I like, I like the pick yeah, of the week trivia segment. I mean, we, I mean, we got it. You figure we started. We're probably like 220 questions. Uh, I mean, man, we are on what? This is our fourth go around. I'm almost out. I've won three. You've won one. So that's four. This is our fifth go around. All of them to 11. And we barely get any rights. So, yeah, this has to be. Jesus Christ. This has to be. It's it's a shit show over here. (laughs) What are are we? Episode 267? Yeah, we probably started around episode somewhere between 20 and 50. Yeah, it's about if right. If anybody out there could go back and find the first episode <laughs> that we did trivia in, I'll give you a shout out on the pod. A very special one. <laughs> good, good luck. Uh, hey, uh, let's get into the big stories. I'm so excited to talk about this one. As you can see, Sam, in the rundown notes, I have a lot of questions uh, that I'd want to discuss with you on this. And uh, for anybody out there, this is the biggest piece of gaming news ever. It's that simple. Um, it is the biggest acquisition in gaming history it might not be the most prominent when the day is over but from a monetary standpoint and from a holy holy shit standpoint it is the biggest um and it's simply the most important thing going on in gaming right now so you know i got out of the shower on tuesday morning sam was the one who broke the news to me uh with a text message Hey, it's shocking that I, you know, if you weren't in the shower, you would have beat me. But. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But at the same time, I was. So uh, GameSpot gave him the news that that Microsoft has acquired Activision Blizzard for $68 billion and change. So we'll just round it up and say close to $70 billion. Without any context, without any further information, nothing. When you saw that, what was the first thing that went through your head? I, I the first thing is like number one, obviously, holy shit, that's a shit ton of money. But like, how did you get to seventy billion? Like, did you just go, huh? Yeah, seventy billion's cool. Like, how do you get to that? Mm. That's what I want to know. One of the craziest things I heard over the last couple of days, because obviously this is Thursday night. It happened Tuesday morning. We've had you know two and a half days to kind of soak this in, and I've read some opinions and listened to some pods and, you know, just kind of done a little digging around and just hearing other people and what they had to say too, to see kind of if they land where I land on this. And one of the things I heard was Ryan McCaffrey who works at IGN, a longtime Xbox editor has been there since 2012, right around May of 2012. One of his first op-eds, which is an opinion piece, opinion editorial piece uh, at IGN was, I think Microsoft should acquire Activision Blizzard. And that was in July of 2012. Oh, my God. So you want to talk about the Simpsons did it. Uh, Ryan McCaffrey put the writing on the wall and his estimation based on market cap and spend and the where everything was at that time was $8 billion. And that was a very educated guess at the time. So you're talking in the span of just a decade. It went from a roughly $8 billion valuation to a $70 billion price tag. 
And I'm telling you that that price is down. That price, they got it on the cheap because of the things that were happening within R. I say R happening within Activision Blizzard. Yeah. This is closer to a $100 billion deal if that is a clean cut company, if like it was the other way around. By gosh, what a now, the, uh, seismic shift in the gaming landscape. Now, for, for him making that move back then, it would be a nice touch if Microsoft was like, you know what, here, lifetime thing of Game Pass, or like a free Game Pass for a year or something I'm sure like IGN that. gives him that anyway. I'm pretty sure they pay for his true, Game Pass. True, true. He is the Xbox editor there. Uh, so with that being said, he also runs the world's largest Xbox podcast where he has Phil Spencer on every year. He has the voice of Master Chief doing his intro. He's fine. Um, yeah, he's doing good. To, if you if you know Activision and you know Blizzard, you probably if you're a longtime gamer, you know Activision's name, you know Blizzard's name. You may not even know that Activision acquired Blizzard a couple years ago, probably close to a decade now um, or more. Actually, it had to have been more. It was at least 2012. And so, if you're not familiar with some of the franchises, let me just run them down for you. Not all of them, but just some of the big ones. You know, it's only Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Overwatch. Starcraft. Uh, let's not forget who else is in there. Activision Blizzard. King. King is only the developer of Candy Crush, which is mm. a freaking billion dollar platform. Yeah, the, 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 obviously the amount that they got made in mobile gaming is probably kind of what maybe they were lacking a little and bit. And let's not forget that Bethesda had some mobile aim, uh, arms too in that deal. So now Microsoft has positioned themselves for a very profitable mobile sector, which is growing yep. and growing. So that's Im- incredibly important. Don't forget the Candy Crush piece of that. But then you have the smaller franchises too, like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, now owned by Microsoft. Spyro the Dragon, now owned by Microsoft. Oh yeah, Crash Bandicoot, now owned by Microsoft. And I saved that one for last for you specifically of like when you hear that as a longtime Sony PlayStation fan and somebody who grew up loving and admiring the, the Crash games and even as far as last year with Crash 4, how's that make you feel? Does that mean I'm screwed if they make a new Crash game that they say nope, exclusive? It will 100% be Xbox exclusive. There's just no doubt. That, like, that dude, that's horrible. Like being like a diehard came out on PlayStation 1, you know, to me that's like like a tr- you traitor, traitor. <laughs> well, imagine this too, right? Street Fighter Five is exclusive to PlayStation. Final Fantasy Seven Remake still hasn't made its way to Xbox, and the PC port's a piece of shit. Um, Spider Man, like that, will never come out on another platform. So, you know, while that might not have long ties, well, long running well, ties I mean, to, to Sony, I was going to say, didn't it, didn't they say the th- same shit for Devil May Cry, and that went to everything? And- Eventually, I mean, Crash at one point was Sony exclusive, so. You never know, but the point is, like, there are some franchises that, I mean, Street Fighter V is five years old by now. That's never coming. So it's it's just one of those things, until Microsoft buys Capcom, but it's just one of those things where, you know, I've said it before, exclusivity is not my favorite thing. I understand the necessity for it, and if Mario or Pokemon ever showed up on another console, I would be legitimately pissed because Nintendo... That they're kind of synonymous with each other. That's where I. That's why I own Nintendo is for the franchises. So I, I understand like there's not a ton of validity to my feelings on that. But when I look at something like Crash, and we'll talk more about exclusivity coming up, Crash is a smaller franchise that if it does get a new game at some point, whether that be Crash Team Racing or Wampa League or Crash Five or whatever, because they already remade the first three, maybe they'll remake the PS2 ones and put them on Xbox, which is crazy enough to just say that. Um, Now we're talking 
Xbox exclusive, but Call of Duty might be a different beast. And you know, you could have the argument you don't spend seventy billion just to say, "Hey, keep doing what you're doing, PlayStation." But then at the same time, there are contractual agreements. So we'll talk about all that stuff coming up here in a minute with this because this is so much to unfold. Um, I do want to start, however, talking about kind of the the reasons why. And from what I've gathered from Jeff Grubb, from other sources as well, who have gone on record, my understanding of this deal, and pardon me if I'm incorrect or if something else comes out in the interim, but this deal started back in October being worked on. And so that is at pretty much the height of when these allegations against Activision Blizzard were really on fire. So when you think about that, Xbox knew or I should Microsoft got, they knew what they were getting into with this. And that's crazy enough that all of these things are happening. And Microsoft still says, yeah, we're going to, we're going to spend $70 billion. My friends, you want to say that, you know, these companies don't have money. They'll find it. They got well, it. Well, I was good. You, you kind of said earlier that, you know, w- without these allegations that you're probably potentially looking at a hundred billion billion for the sale. So, you know, they probably Microsoft thinking that they'd use this kind of to their advantage and then hopefully in time to, you know, start, you know, trimming the fat of, you know, the people that were, I guess, involved in these allegations. And cha- yeah, and just changing the culture into the Xbox way. But to your point of this could have been a hundred million dollar sale. And, and, you know, I, you're right. I did mention that earlier, but I would bet my bottom dollar that Activision Blizzard probably isn't on sale if these things come up. And it's also reported that Activision was proactively looking to make an acquisition of maybe Kotaku or some other website to try and gain some good grace back after these allegations had come to head. Obviously that didn't come to fruition, but when you really look around at the landscape and say, okay, they wanted to make an acquisition that couldn't happen. And then they put themselves on the market and Microsoft came calling. These negotiations took four months before it was even announced. And by the way, this deal is not going to be even official until roughly June of 2023. So we still got a ways to go to get across this finish line. But I'd like to think that this doesn't happen at all if the landscape that both companies, quite frankly, are in, are in. If Microsoft doesn't have Game Pass, I don't think they make either acquisition. I don't think they get Bethesda or Activision Blizzard because really, I don't think they would have the money. That's why they're doing this, though. Oh, no. Microsoft has, remember, this isn't Xbox. This is Microsoft. They have Windows. They have all of it. They have more money than God himself. So, like, I just like to think that they don't make these two acquisitions because Game Pass is the reason they're doing it, in my opinion. Because now you're going to have games like Crash 4, like Tony Hawk 1 Plus 2, like Spyro Remasters, like Call of Duty, every Call of Duty in the backlog. They could put out every Call of Duty game ever made on Game Pass. Think about that. With the multiplayer still active, with Microsoft's infrastructure, because Xbox Live just has a really great... Now you're talking people can just go back and enjoy Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 3, all included with their Game Pass subscription. Granted, in my opinion, that Game Pass subscription is going to go up. So while this is a very consumer-friendly, at least in the surface, deal, it will eventually suck for us because we will get a price increase to either $15 or maybe even $20 a month for Game Pass. I'm thinking it's going to be $14.99 plus the $5 for Ultimate. I'm going to go up $5 a month. That's my guess. Maybe they just do a dollar or two because they do have so many subscribers, kind of like Netflix. Netflix makes a $1 change, which by the way, they are again. 
um, very soon. That one with taxes, that's like 20 bucks. And now you're talking $84 million or $184 million a month added to their revenue stream. You're talking over a billion dollars a year, just from a dollar change. So like those small things to us are big things to these companies. Well, that, well, maybe that's what they hate you. Like maybe they do the Netflix. They just raised a dollar. Then another year or two dollar, dollar 50, something like it's that. It's much easier to swallow for me than five. Cause if you raise it five, then where do you go from there? So I, I, again, speaking of someone, $5 is whatever I'll, I'll pay. Game Pass is the shit. You're going to pay regardless. Yeah, exactly. But you, you look at the executive level stuff like Bobby Kotick, the CEO of Activision Blizzard, the guy makes millions and millions, 20 and $30 million a year. Um, he's got so much money already. You know, it was reported early that he was going to stay on. But I thought about the thought that to myself, he kind of has to until this happens. He has to stay on because he's not going to leave because then he loses out of it on his paycheck. Well, and, and, unless he literally gets booted, but out. he won't because the excuse me, the shareholders and the investors are happy with the way he's been doing. And now we know why they're happy, because they were clearly uh, they knew something was happening. And if they're going to all make bank off of this sale, like Bobby Kotick alone is reportedly in for a three hundred and seventy six million dollar payday when this happens. <sighs> like, Jesus what do you Christ. even do with that? You already make twenty to thirty million dollars. A year, what like or more? What are you What are you going to do with that type of money? Like now, your entire family for the history of life, for the history of this planet, is set. But every Kodak forever is going to be just fine. And like, I guess that's what you do, Walter White style. But uh, I thought about it. Why he has no reason to leave? The shareholders aren't going to push him out. Listen, he's a piece of shit. But he's a piece of shit who can't really be touched at the moment there are plenty of federal investigations that are looking into activision and blizzard and if you're not aware of that we didn't cover it on this pod because that's just not our style but we you know the 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 stories are incredibly important read about them educate yourselves a lot of sexual harassment misconduct discrimination happening happened at activision blizzard women not being paid the same as the men the, the bill cosby room all of the things that happened within that organization he is the face of that organization he will and hopefully hopefully will pay for this and even if he gets his big payday that doesn't mean the federal government isn't going to take what they need to take in this investigation the actions that they need to take so it's not like he's kind of scot-free see you later here's my golden umbrella type deal but at the same time he's not going to leave the shareholders aren't going to kick him out he's not going to resign now so we have to deal with it until this deal's through and it is reported, though, that he is, when this becomes official, going to make that silent exit. So you're talking probably two years from now, we probably won't ever have to say or hear his name again. And to me, that's a good thing. Yeah, with that money, he's probably going to go buy an island and, and go retire and enjoy retirement. For real, surround it with yachts and just have yourself a Mar-a-Lago type deal uh, and, and never, ever, ever work in the industry again because whoever hires you, you know, I've haven't played an Activision Blizzard game like or purchased a new one since that happened. I I don't. Pl- the thing is, I don't play Call of Duty or World of Warcraft or Overwatch anyway. I already have the spy or the Spyro, the Crash, and the Tony Hawk. Game. There really isn't much to this personally that really even appeals to me outside of Tony Hawk and Crash. Like they're the only two yeah. franchises that really get my b- juices flowing on this one. But like to me, when Microsoft brings you under this umbrella. There's a culture change here that I feel is real. And I feel like Xbox, knowing what they were getting themselves into, had to, absolutely had to, in their meeting room, say, yes, 
This is going to be an incredibly profitable deal for us, even though we're spending this insane amount of money. However, the PR aspect and also the freaking human decency aspect is they had to think to themselves, our culture, as sparkling as it has been for a very long time, can start to permeate there, can start to change because Phil Spencer will be the head of Activision Blizzard once this goes through. That's already been named. He knows that. We all know that. And that's a great starting point. Now you can kind of, like you have said to me, clean house, start fresh, at least from the executive level, get out all the stuff and kind of work your way through. It's going to take five years. But this to me, if Sony or Microsoft was going to pony up for Activision, I'm glad for those guys because there are a lot of very talented people at that studio that are getting flack for things they had nothing to do with. So I do believe that from a culture perspective, there's almost no better spot for AB to land than with Microsoft because there could be real change happening here. Yeah, and again, I, I, it, it, it's, it's, it came out of nowhere. I, I didn't realize that even Microsoft was even looking at this. I, I again, I, I'm still baffled. At how do you even come up to list all your assets and just blame it? Like, oh, throw a number on the wall, and that's what I got to. Like, I, I, I would just want to have been a fly in the room just to see the haggling that went on. Yo, you know, what how I mean? many lawyers? You know what I mean? Had had to have been at that table. Like, can you imagine the size of that contract? Like it's probably a whole entire probably pack takes you like a paper, month to read for real. Like, could you imagine how many sleepless nights a team of lawyers for both sides sat around going over line by line by line of that contract? And how do you even like agree to that? Because like you have your shareholders, you have the internals, you have the board. Obviously, the board is really the the person, the people who are going to make these decisions. Like a, like you said, where do you even land at seventy? They probably said they probably started at a hundred and then. Microsoft kind of oh, hit them with 50 and now, then they worked s- back. But Now, something like this, is, you know, this is huge, obviously, in the gaming space. Do you think someone from, like, PlayStation found out before and, like, kind of called them, yo, what's going on? Like, you know, what happened to our contract, Call of Duty for the future? Do you think that happened before or do you think that happened after? The- uh, no, I, I don't think anything like this was leaked to anybody from Sony or anything like that. And here's why. Number one, if this gets leaked then it kills the deal. It kills the value because all the leverage is gone because once it becomes public knowledge, forget about it. Number two, once it becomes public knowledge with acquisitions like this, there are already antitrust people that are you know, becoming lawyers overnight that think they know everything that are talking about this. There's potential monopoly issues that come out of this, which I don't foresee. I think this deal will go through. I think the FTC has to is the, is the branch that has to uh, approve it, but the government has to say yes to this deal. So there are so many things that work behind the scenes that I don't think this was leaked to anyone ahead of time. And by the way, if it was, we would have known about it. A yeah. gaming journalist, whether it was Grub or IGN or Kata- Jason Schreier, something, we would have, he would have heard about it, she would have heard about it, and it would have been all over the internet. This literally hit us out of nowhere. The biggest surprise since the day I woke up and and heard they that they, they acquired Bethesda. So, like, it's nuts to think about how one keeps that silent, but I would imagine every single person that walked through those doors, even if you had a seat at the table, signed an, an NDA. Oh, that was that they were NDA'd out of their mind. You can't even mention that you were here. Yeah, for like I, I wouldn't be Why shocked. Your I wouldn't be shocked if they even had to keep silent that they were on the premises because yeah. you figure, oh, a lawyer, a team of lawyers, da 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 da. They must be. They, you can put those pieces together. So. Yeah. Maybe it was done over Zoom. Who who knows? Microsoft. I'm sorry, Microsoft Teams. 
because Microsoft. Kinda, yeah, I was gonna say easy. Microsoft kind of owns a platform <laughs> for that. Platform. But like, it's nuts to think how nobody ever even found out about this and what the ramifications yeah. would have been if they did. Because this is not even Bethesda. Seven billion is insane. That's almost double what Disney was sold for. And so I don't want to like shed, light, but Jeez. this is ten x that. This is ten times the Bethesda deal. Even if, even if Microsoft just bought the rights to Call of Duty. This still would have been bigger than Bethesda, but no, they got Bethesda. They got Call of Duty and World of Warcraft and Starcraft and Overwatch. Like the the IP in this are a Candy Crush. It's insane. I feel like Microsoft just got to the levels of like, um, like Amazon or, or you know something like of that level of just magnitude of now like they're the big players like Disney like they're they're up in the big leagues now. and and you have to think too the other Microsoft suite of products like we had mentioned earlier Office and everything like that like Microsoft still has all this Xbox was a fucking afterthought for them and now it becomes even that much more important to their business model Game Pass being at the front of that and like it's just insane to think of the ramifications this deal has and like now you think to yourself all right. Does Sony have to fight back and where would they go and do they even need to? And we'll talk about that in a minute, but I want to hit on something that because we are 37 into the show. Everybody's been talking about. Everybody's been wondering about. I have my thoughts. I'm sure you have yours. And we're talking about exclusivity. We're talking about what will be coming to Xbox platforms and what will be staying with PlayStation. And it's one of those things where. Man, I would have loved to stop everything we were doing and do a pod on Tuesday morning and react to it off the presses. But being able to give it two and a half days to breathe, a lot of things come out. And whether that yeah. be Sony saying, like issuing a statement that we expect Microsoft to, with you know, to uphold our contractual agreement with Call of Duty games coming to multiple platforms, we expect this, that, and the other to still happen. Phil Spencer coming out and said he's had conversations with Sony this week, particularly about the future of Call of Duty and being multi-platform. I read it a little bit differently. I kind of read into it a few more times, and that's definitely a lot of corporate speak in there. Um, he said, we'll try. <laughs> it's like we expressed our intent on doing that. Like, So it's just like, okay, you're good till 2023, so you get two more games. And see, I, I could see them doing, like, yes, both systems will get it, but then I could see xbox getting you know extra dlc or the like only a, dlc in back in the three yeah, exactly yeah. back in the 360 era xbox had the call of duty games dlc uh exclusivity that's that flipped for ps4 playstation got it and they got it first or they were the only ones there was exclusive stuff now microsoft can literally do whatever they want yeah, there's not going to be any DLC coming probably at all to PlayStation if the games even come to PlayStation. Because the more and more I think about this, and we'll start with Call of Duty, but we'll go into the other ones. The more I think about this, the more I say you don't spend $70 billion to then say, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. If you have the $70 billion to spend, then you surely have the the however much it would cost to hire a lawyer to get yourself out of that contract. Don't get me wrong. Big companies, they can pay their way out of contracts. I know it literally firsthand. So I, while I think that Microsoft, shit, they could do it starting in 2023. Because again, this deal isn't uh, consummated until then. So I think the 2022 COD is coming multiple platforms no matter what. I think 
you know, I can't remember who put it out there on, tw- on Twitter, but this is a really good um, uh, comparison. If I'm Amazon Prime and I just bought the rights to the Lord of the Rings and I say, hey, we got a Lord of the Rings TV series coming soon to Netflix. That doesn't make sense. They're putting it on Amazon Prime because they just spent all this money on the IP. You kind of equate that to this. I don't see how you can spend $70 billion and continue to put it out there when you have a service like Game Pass where you can just put it there. And I think the only way you can, and this might blow your minds a little bit, the only way you can is if Xbox Game Pass comes to PlayStation. And I don't mean Spartacus. I mean Xbox Game Pass comes to PlayStation. Which obviously is freaking impossible. No, no, it is not. It is a platform. That's all it is. Remember, Xbox Game Pass is a platform. And so it's technically just called Game Pass. I mean, they have it for PC, for cloud, for for console. If PlayStation wants it, PlayStation can get it. Remember all those rumors last year of Nintendo Switch getting a version of Game Pass. So it's not impossible. It's just unlikely. But now with Activision Blizzard, if Sony says, hey, the only way we can get Call of Duty games is through Xbox Game Pass. Guess what? Xbox Game Pass wins. Yeah, but they wouldn't get Xbox's Game Pass. They would have to start get their own type of Game Pass. No, it would be. It would be. No, it would be. X. I'm talking literally Xbox Game Pass coming to PlayStation. As crazy as that shit sounds. Yeah, I don't know. That I would have to read more. That it, it just Google, sounds too crazy. You Google just it. I'm like not that. the only person who thinks it. Google it. And now even Colin Moriarty thinks it's going to happen within five years. And he said that before this acquisition. So I, you know, I don't necessarily believe it. I think that Sony doesn't. At the end of the day, Call of Duty was the number one and three best-selling game on a PlayStation platform for like this year and even years before that. But at the same time, I don't know how badly Sony it it hits them. It hurts them hard. I don't know how much they necessarily need 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 it. I mean, this whole thing comes down to math. Right, like a whole bunch of lawyers and a whole bunch of stat guys and mathematicians are going to sit into a room, and they're going to say, "Okay, if we put Call of Duty on PlayStation and Xbox, we will make X amount of money based on how much we get and have to give Sony per copy sold there." And let's say they sell twenty million, you know, units. Great. Okay, or we put it on Xbox only and PC or whatever you want to say, they put it on their platform and they sell an additional freaking 2 million Xboxes and, but they only sell 10 million units or 12 million units of the game. So you're sacrificing 8 million units sold, but you keep all the revenue and you sell more consoles, which will lead to more Game Pass subscriptions. Two million consoles. Now you're talking probably another million Game Pass subscribers. That's like that's what they're factoring in here is where can we make the most money? Because remember, every copy sold on a PlayStation console, PlayStation gets a cut. I don't know how much, yeah. but if you sacrifice five million sales because you get to keep all that revenue, guess what? If that makes more financial sense, they're going to do it. They don't give a fuck about the number of copies sold. They care about the revenue. Yeah, it's all about the money. And so that's why I think there's a really good possibility of Call of Duty beginning next year becoming uh, uh, exclusive. And I know Phil Spencer said, you know, we've had conversations and blah, blah, blah. We intend to keep 
and Sony does too. That's all hearsay. Phil Spencer said the same fucking thing about Bethesda, and now every single Bethesda game is fucking, besides Elder Scrolls Online, is coming exclusive to Xbox, including Starfield, this year. So I, I really don't believe anything until there's concrete evidence of, of either way. If you had to put a gun to my head, I would say it's probably 60-40 Call of Duty goes, I would say goes exclusive beginning 2023. That's what I would think. Man, I, 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 I get to see Xbox and PlayStation having, and obviously Sony having words of, I, I, I just can't see them taking a title. I could see them doing some type of split or maybe a part one or finished. I don't know. There, there's something they have. There's, I just can't see them taking it. But what, but what, here, let me ask you this. Outside of the contractual agreements that are already in place, once they're done, what leverage does Sony have? I, I mean, just years of working together, of good relationships, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that, that that doesn't matter to them as much. Like, you even have the show, which was, I mean, it's owned by MLB, but like, that was a PlayStation thing forever. Now it's on Game Pass. Like, and every, it's not like uh, PlayStation games are going to be freaking like these first party games. They're not going to Xbox. So it's not like they have any leverage to say, oh, we're going to take God of War from you. God of War's on PC, which, by the way, Microsoft. Like, yeah. Everybody. That's what I'm saying. So it, honestly, it feels like all the games that were exclusive to me are now basically for everyone. So it's like all the games that like, they're not like PlayStation to me is like not exclusive. The like, Last of the Us, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider Man. So you still have a couple, but like you're right. Like the big ones, you can expect the next Uncharted game. You can expect maybe even The Last of Us eventually to come to PC. They're not stupid. They're going to put it out there. They're going to make boatloads of cash. Hey. I get that. But like, let's talk about the, the smaller franchises real quick, and then I have a fun what if, and then we'll kind of okay. keep going on this, is I think Crash, I think Tony Hawk, I think Spyro, you can expect all those, if there are ever any new games in the franchise, to come to Xbox uh, exclusively. And what's cool is all these teams, like Toys for Bob, Vicarious Visions, like the teams that made Crash 4, Tony Hawk one plus two, they all got ripped off of their franchise as soon as the games were out and they got put on call of duty by Activision Blizzard. They said, no, you're not making fun games that people enjoy. Go make fucking call of duty. You shills. Now Microsoft can say, no, 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 no. Get back to what you want to do. Go make Hexen. Go make a new Tony Hawk three plus four. Go make Tony Hawk six. Go make, you know, crash team racing or whatever, you know, you want go make that. And that's a beautiful thing of these teams like Raven and Vicarious Visions and Toys for Bob can kind of break off a little bit and get creative again and make these games. Boy, howdy, would I love to see a Vicarious Visions or a Toys for Bob new Banjo-Kazooie game because Banjo is owned by uh, by Microsoft. Like there's the possibilities here. Endless. A fucking Microsoft Smash Bros game. You finally have all the pieces. You got Banjo, you got Spyro, you got Crash, you got Tony Hawk with his skateboard beating people over the head. There's a way to even, and Master Chief and the Gears people. And like, there's a way for us to get a Smash Bros, you know, uh, PlayStation All-Stars type fighter out of this. There's the possibilities are just endless. And I think that, yes, Sam, you have played your last Crash game on a PlayStation console. Well, I mean, I, I guess I'm glad I, I beat it at least. So I feel good. Uh, yeah, and it didn't take you as many deaths as me. I think I was a little bit. I think I had like 96 or something on that last second to last stage. That thing was a motherfucker. 
I don't know. I died a shit ton. I I was like over a hundred. Uh, the big one is Overwatch. I think to myself, what does Overwatch Two do? Because it's technically never announced that it has to come to these other consoles. So I wonder what happens there if if Overwatch Two becomes Xbox exclusive. I I really don't know since that game's in development. I just don't know how far off it is. I thought Overwatch was just a PlayStation no. game or a, a PC. Nah, game. I mean I've I only played it on Xbox and Nintendo Switch. It's it's there too. So. Um, I, I just, I don't know what's going to happen with, with Overwatch 2. I don't know what happens. It's going to happen with Diablo 4 because Diablo is now owned by Xbox. But the big one, the big what if I teased a minute ago. What if after 20 plus years of being PC only, what if Xbox says we're going to put World of Warcraft on console? That, I mean, that. That wouldn't do nothing for me. No, but, but it sure I, I, would do I, I get, for some people. Yeah, I, I mean, again, well, WoW is a huge game. I remember growing up, Monty played that shit for hours on end, and it, I, I, I could see why you want to, you know, throw it to the system because again, all. I mean, to me, I feel like that would be a game for the mainly for the PC to play because you can it would play the best on your PC, no assuming doubt. you have a built a built computer. No but I, again, I don't know. I, I, it makes sense. Like I could see them doing it. Why wouldn't you want to do it? But that wouldn't do. That wouldn't move the needle at all for Apparently, me. Apparently, the logic was built into World of Warcraft like twenty years ago to add controller support, and apparently it's been in there. Like there are files deep in that game that have controller support that they could dig up and and kind of activate and make it work. That's all wild shit, and I don't know if it would ever happen because I agree with you. WoW seems like it plays best and would play best with mouse and key, not with a controller. I don't know, though. Maybe people plug in a controller to play it on PC. I, I've never played World of Warcraft in my life, so I couldn't tell you uh, what the best way is. But could you imagine? Could you just imagine for a second logging on to Xbox Game Pass on your fucking console and seeing World of Warcraft? Do you know how many more million people that would bring into that already huge? Because subs- that game's been on the down a little bit. Call of Duty's been down a little bit on the men. Like These games are losing popularity. What What else would give it the shot in the arm that it needs? Besides Microsoft saying, here, it's on fucking Game Pass. And be able to play cross-platform people, computer, Xbox. The possibilities. like that's yeah. It's insane to me. I don't know if that will ever happen. But just something fun to think about as you lay your heads on your pillows is, could World of Warcraft eventually come to console? What will, though, come to Game Pass? I mentioned it already. Every Call of Duty game, pretty much ever, has the potential now to go to Game Pass. I wouldn't be shocked if Call of Duty gets its own section in Game Pass with all of them. And I would think that every Call of Duty, including this year's, even though the deal's not done, will come day one to Game Pass, which will start to bastardize Sony sales now. Because just like the show, even though it's sold great on PlayStation still, fucking half the audience just said, fuck it. I'll just get yeah, it on Game yeah. Pass. Yeah, that or I would say, how many, I wonder how many Sony people said, all right, I'm going to jump ship and go over to Xbox now. Just, you know, again, Game Pass, you know, a lot of games are over there now. Now you're, They kind of see the writing on the now wall. Now you're going to have Tony Hawk Pro Skater on game pass you're gonna have all the crash games including the insane trilogy which by the way is on playstation plus the ps5 collection of games that you get for ps4 that's on there the insane trilogy so that will go to game pass crash team racing nitro fueled or whatever the remake that will be on game pass the spyro remakes will be on game pass so like you have a section you could call it 3d platformers or you can call it you know 90s mascots and you got your banjo kazooies your Spyros, your crashes all in one place. You can have like there the possibilities. You can have Overwatch. Overwatch, which has a fucking league named after it, 
it's arguably the biggest esports game going. Like you could have that on Game Pass, where yes, it's been around for a while. Yes, there's a sequel coming, but there are still millions of gamers who have never played it for one reason or another. You've now just opened yourself up to that too. Oh, mommy, this thing called the Overwatch League. No, you're not getting it. Oh, but I have Game Pass, and now I can just go download it for free whenever. Yeah, that's true. The the possibilities there are endless. But with all this cool speculation about what will come to Game Pass, I mentioned my thoughts already on this. But that means to me a price hike is coming. Do you see a price hike coming? Am I crazy? And if I did, it's ten bucks a month now. What do you think it would go to? I could see twelve ninety nine. That actually wouldn't be a. a that's kind of right in the middle. I kind of like that. Now you're talking. You know, five. Like you said. Five is, is a little bit too much, I think. You know, two ninety nine. I think that's a good increase. Yeah, um, I wonder if this happens now to prime us, or they wait until the the deal happens. I don't know. I, I tend to think they wait until the deal happens. Exactly. I would. You have to wait at least another year or two. You know, keep building it up, adding more stuff. Just you know, again, to, to get you know, you want people to have. I even know there's already value in it. Obviously, you would want the most, but I think you give it give it time, give it a little bit. Christ, they just raised Netflix. Let, let us, let us. Breathe. You know what? I wouldn't be shocked if, if they wait like a year, even after the deal closes, that way they can get in all those people. Like they wait until that next call of duty comes out. That's exclusive. Then they get all the people buying the Xbox. They get all the people signing up for game pass for their $1 a month for the first six months or whatever. And then around this time in 2024, maybe February in 2024, they say, okay, now it's going to get hiked. And you've just now added 7 million people to your service and sold two and a half million more consoles, whatever the, the number is. I don't know. Like, that's probably the smart move. Don't do it day one and scare the people away that you could just bring in, let them come sure. in first. And then once you got them, then do it. Because once your credit cards already in there, very few people are going to say, Oh, I'm fucking out. It just doesn't happen. Um, yeah. you know, speak like how many people left Netflix? Cause of this dollar, they just, they just don't, um, you're, it's so sticky. Uh, now for you, Sam, you have a piece actually, before we get into your piece of it, um, with Sony, uh, real quick, Battle.net is a huge part of this too. Battle.net has been the launcher for world of Warcraft. And I think even overwatch for years, you have millions of people that use that launcher. Now Xbox gets that Xbox gets the fucking, the engines that these games run on. Now they have all that technology that comes with Activision Blizzard games and how good Call of Duty games and polished they are. They now get all that. Those are ancillary things you don't even think about. And again, Candy Crush too. But there's just a funny thing that I wanted to talk about before I talk about Sony, and we kind of end it here. We're, we are ready to move on. But there's this guy. His name is Rod Ferguson. Uh, anybody out there, longtime Xbox fan, knows Rod Ferguson. He started off making the Gears of War games with Cliffy B. He was on every Gears game, I think, until 5 launched or right before five came out this guy is synonymous with gears of war he was the head of the coalition which was the gears of war studio he worked at epic games when the game launched he is mr xbox well he left xbox and he left the coalition a year or two ago do you know where he went Mm -mm. blizzard so of course (laughs) and now he's back (laughs) like it's those crazy things that that all these employees that left microsoft for blizzard they're back they're all coming back. back. I, I actually was thinking about this. I was like, holy shit, because there's another person that's really prominent that left Microsoft for Blizzard. And now they're they're Oh, Mikey Barr, the fucking president of Blizzard was a former Xbox employee. So now he's like, yep, we're back now, which I think is kind of comforting um, for them. And now Rod still gets to do his thing. But now he's kind of back under the wings and he will. That clearly gives him a head up or a leg up in, you know, his future and stuff like that. 
because he's been with both companies now, but I just thought that was funny, but we'll end it here. Does Sony respond and do they have to? Well, did it, didn't Sony recently acquire somebody? Yeah, they made a couple of smaller single studio acquisitions. They got Housemark, who did Returnal and, and other games like that. Resogun, I believe. They also I got, mean, I honestly... They, hold on, hold I on think, real quick. They got oh. Bluepoint, who did the Demon Souls remake and who was cl- working on another big AAA. They got Nex- Nexus or Nexus, Nexies. They do PC ports and they got another one, Spirit Fair, which is now working on the Twisted Metal games. So... They've made a, a couple of single studio smaller ones, but nothing on this scale. I think what they really need to do is develop their own Game Pass. I, I, I feel like Xbox just has that extra leg up right now. I, we are, we see if they have what tw- a stupid number of subscribers, so they're making a, a boatload of money. Let's just call it out. Let's really- just call it twenty five million. They they announced twenty five million Game Pass subscribers. That's you said, you said it was what ten dollars a month, so ten. 10 times a month for 12, 25 million people. I mean, God damn. Mm. So, I mean, that's yeah. all, all the money that PlayStation seen Xbox make and realize that they're a little late in the game here. And, you know, again, Microsoft has the edge right now. And I, I think Microsoft kind of needed it because PlayStation's still kind of in the lead with at least PlayStation 5, I believe, in sales. Oh, yeah, big time. But money-wise with Game Pass, Microsoft may be in the lead. It's $4 billion a year in just Game Pass money. Yeah, so I mean, in the end, like Microsoft is technically, I would say, in the head of of, of Sony. Even though, yeah, they're ahead in, in sales of game of the of the. System. Well, 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 well. Sony is still ahead of Microsoft, even with this acquisition in terms of revenue. So, I mean, Sony, their first party is just that strong. Um, when you think about it, Xbox had a good year this year when it comes to Halo and Forza finally hitting. But every year, you're talking God of War, The Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider-Man, Miles Morales is selling like crazy, Sackboy. Like, they still have some tentpole franchises. And that's my opinion is why they, they don't need to make a big acquisition. Like, people are saying Sega, Square Enix. It's like, guys, if we keep going down this rabbit hole in 10 years, it's literally just going to be Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. And nobody yeah. else. <laughs> got to have some competition out there huh i just think like the ubisofts and the square enixes and the eas like there's still room for those mid-tier publishers the take twos who owns rockstar and stuff like that or maybe the, or it's like the, they have to you know join forces to you know to stay in lead you know in the league with the big i guys. would be devastated if somebody like capcom got eaten up by somebody else even if it is nintendo or microsoft or so like I would be devastated if I could only play Resident Evil in one place. Like, I love the fact that I could go play Resident Evil 7 on Game Pass and play Resident Evil 8 on PS5 and play Resident Evil 4 on <clears throat> VR and Resident Evil 3, 2, uh, the remakes, wherever. And then Switch has them all, too. So it's like, I I love that. And that would suck. So I understand it where some people are frustrated and can see like a tough road here. But for me, Sony doesn't have to respond because I, I put it out on Twitter. Like they still have all of these games. They have fucking Wolverine. They have Spider-Man. They have, they have franchises that Xbox is never going to get. And anybody who's a superhero fan is going to go to that platform to play those games. Cause it's the only place you can. They have the last of us, which ain't going nowhere. Naughty dog is there. They bought. Can you believe this? Insomniac, the team that makes these awesome Spider-Man games and ratchet and clank and all of those, they bought them for like 250 million. You imagine now what they'd be worth now with Spider-Man and Ratchet and all these other franchises. They're talking about probably more than Bethesda. You're probably talking about 10 to 12 billion. 
and you got them for two fifty million. You want to talk about the best, the best acquisition? That's the best probably in the history. That and Naughty Dog because of the price you got them at. So Sony yeah, still yeah, has sure. that in their back pocket. Let's not forget. Remember, Microsoft still is spending seventy billion. It's not like these got these guys for free. There is a ton of risk. Yeah, and that's like a risk you don't want with Sony. So like for me, Sony doesn't have to respond. Yes, I agree with you. Spartacus needs to happen. I wouldn't be shocked if an Xbox Game Pass, literally Xbox Game Pass, comes to micro or to PlayStation. It wouldn't shock me. I don't think it will because of Spartacus, if it is real. But the rumors are that Spartacus is going to be announced soon and launched within the next two or three months. This is exactly what they need. They need to get that shit moving now because what better way to respond with your giant acquisition than, no, we don't have to make a big one to respond. By the way, here we go. We're eight ninety nine or whatever. And hey, here's some PlayStation 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 titles. And Vita and PSP or what, whatever the case may be. Like, that's just, whew, that's a that's an, another, my money. that's another game changer because yeah. I want those PS2, I want all those legacy titles so bad. You're telling me I can play the bouncer on my PS5? I'm in. Um, anything else about this? Because we hit an hour. No, I, I, I was going to say, I think you hit a freaking everything i can't think of anything i forgot of course i'm sure i will um yeah there's definitely one thing i'm missing that i've meant to say this whole time but i can't think of it so we will move on and i want to let you talk because my voice is hoarse i'm ready to go take a nap it's 9 45 at night what did you think about that fucking moon knight debut trailer <clears throat> we finally got it the first full trailer of moon knight and I, I only watched it twice. I, I don't want to watch. I, I don't even want to see anything else. I want to wait until March 30th. I'm ready. I don't want to see anything more. It's I so feel close. like they showed you just enough again. Yeah, it's two months. Two months here it is. So we're getting Batman at the beginning of March. We're getting Moon Knight at the end of March. It, it works out perfectly. I do love they showed the trailer during the full moon. I thought that was a nice little, little touch there. Um, <clears throat> the my, my main concern is... I I have I have complete faith in Ethan Hawke. He's obviously a great actor, been ton ton of shit. Um, I they they have his his character as Arthur Harrow. <clears throat> I, I don't know if that's just if they want to just base that off a little you know meaningless guy in the comics, or was he going to be the Sun King, who was written by Max Bemis? Again, was one of my least favorite runs, but I feel like if anyone can save the character, it's Ethan Hawke. One thing I did hear of Oscar Isaac in a little interview that he has a different accent for each identity of Moon Knight, which I, again, when we, I first heard saw that his act- too in the trailer, it was kind of in there, which is awesome. Well, yeah, when, when you hear his Stephen Grant yeah. character, he has, he has like a, a thick accent. So, cause I guess in his mind, he was saying was, I, I didn't want to confuse the audience. I want you to hear my accent and understand that you're talking to it's Moon Knight. It's Mark Spector. They didn't mention Jay Clockley yet. So hopefully we'll get to see him. But from everything that they've shown, it looks like it's I, I like I said before in, in the hallway scene or that bathroom scene where it looks like he's beating up a, a werewolf, a werewolf or, or or some type of animal or creature, or whatever. Very like dare daredevil vibes. I feel like in the in the one promo picture, he's holding the crescent moon and it looks bloody. Which I know there was like plenty of Moon Knight covered with bloody Moon Knight, but you know it's Disney. Disney, I don't think you you don't see too much blood or at all. You may see like a little dribble on their eye or something like that. But I, I feel like this is going to change the game for Marvel because I don't think we have anything this 
you know, Raw, again, you know, Mark's, or Moonlight likes to get punched. He he wants you to punch him. You know, not not other superheroes want to get punched first. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I think this is a potential game changer, too. I think we haven't had anything this dark, potentially, since the dark, since the Daredevil and, you know. Punisher. All the, yeah, Punisher's probably because Punisher came out after that. So, yeah, since those series on Netflix. So, like, you think about all that and the ramifications that that could have. Shoof. And like this, I mean, we, when this got announced, it was like years ago and we we're like, Oh my God, we got to wait forever. And now it's two months away. Who would have thought yeah, same I'm, with the Batman? It's two months away. Like who would have thought about and, that? And I hate that the, you know, I bring this mention, but it just happened. But the actor, pardon me if I mispronounce his name, Gaspard Yolil. He portrays Anton Mogart slash Midnight Man in Moon Knight. Uh, he was in a, a horrible skiing accident. 37 years old. Uh, yeah, way too freaking young. I mean, I, I, I was so, I mean, obviously I'm still looking forward to him, but obviously you want him to be alive and hopefully it's received well and he we hopefully come back in season two or something like that. But um, I, I'm still really looking forward to, to seeing what he does with the role, but it's a shame that that freaking happened. Um, I guess they, they, they really didn't tell us too much about like the, the synopsis of the show, you know, all, all I see is, you know, I, they show you Kanchu in, I think, two two or three quick scenes. Scary you see Kanchu. shit, by the way, coming down that hallway. Oh, it looks freaking awesome. And him kind of losing. Oh, I lost my contact. You know, I, I, that, that was kind of funny. Um, but it, 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 it's. I remember. I remember of, the one thing real quick. I remember the one thing I forgot to say. I forgot a franchise. Guitar Hero. My bad. Oh, that's one. That's a, that's a pretty big one. I forgot. That's my bad. Go ahead. And. Talk about uh, <clears throat> Oscar Isaac being in Marvel, Moon Knight, Apocalypse, the voice of Spider-Man 99. I mean, this guy's killing it. Well, I mean, it wasn't, he isn't just, he in uh, Star Wars, too? So he's like all over the Disney map? Yeah, he was Poe Dameron. So, I mean, he's, he's all over you know, Marvel, Disney. He's all over the place. So there's only going to be eight, no, six episodes. And there'll be 40 to 50 minutes. I just hope it's enough. Like, well, is that going to be enough to tell because – there's so much going on with Moon Knight. He's kooky. Is, is six episodes going to be enough to tell this story? Um, and yes. So I I was kind of blown away by the trailer um, to the point where I do think six episodes is enough to tell the story. I don't think six episodes is going to be enough to satiate the audience because mm. you have to remember, yes, you, because I, I don't know shit about Moon Knight. I know his one of his personality names is Mark Spector. Um, I know next to nothing. And I'm excited because you're excited. And all the Moon Knight talk you've had over the years before this series was even announced. And I was intrigued by the character's look. And obviously one of my favorite vocalists and bands of all time, the lead singer, got to pen his run and his kind of vision of Moon Knight. So this character has been in my lexicon forever but I've never read the comics. I've never seen him in anything else. I get a lot of like blade vibes from it too. I got, got probably more blade vibes than I did daredevil vibes. And I think it's probably just a mix of the two. Um, and that I wouldn't even, I wouldn't be surprised if Mahershal Ali cameos in, ep- in episode six or something like that. And even still like, even then, yeah, because blade going down that same dark path, like Disney plus is, is hitting us with that more adult kind of themed content. And I've been waiting a long time to see Moon Knight on the screen because, again, of all the reasons I just outlined and having no experience with him, 
I am more hyped for this show than I am for anything coming out in the rest of Marvel's phase four movie or TV. And that includes Thor and, and Dr. Strange and all that shit, because this is a character I've been waiting so long to learn about that. I'm it's so close. It's finally here. I'm so excited. But the problem with it being six episodes is I'm not alone. There are more me's out there than you's. And so I wonder if six episodes is enough to, to give us the proper, cause he needs an origin, not just hopefully yeah. one episode. I wonder if six episodes is enough to deliver a proper origin with an overarching theme for the season with a compelling villain. Cause Ethan Hawke looked badass and that cult thing he's got going on. I love that. Um, is it enough time for the people like me who just don't know enough and are they going to do that origin justice or is it going to be a little rushed? I just don't know yet. And that's where my only holdup yeah. is. Yeah. And I, I think you're right by saying six episodes. I don't think it's going to be enough. I think we're going to want just more. Again, they're going to keep, obviously they're going to, you know, leave us hanging. They want us to come back for more. A couple of quick tidbits. One thing I saw on the internet that one of the scenes where it's Mark Spector holding a gun, he looks shocked that he, they sees it. If you look at the box behind him, it says Von D. Is that an Easter egg for Von Doom, as in Victor Von Doom, as in Doctor Doom? So that, that was kind of neat. I saw that on a YouTube channel. I, I believe it was Reggie Clex that I saw that on. Someone pointed it out to him, and I, I wanted to pass that along because I, I missed it. I only watched the trailer twice. So now you're talking about a awesome. potential Blade crossover with a potential Fantastic Four crossover, which both of those characters or franchises need to be integrated into the MCU somehow. What better way than as an Easter egg now? And then kind of kind of like the X-Men just kind of work their way in that way. I mean, there's yeah. there's now a multiverse, so that's probably the way to do it. And so, yes, there is unlimited potential. And and uh, Kevin Foggy already stated that Moon Knight will appear. He will cross over in MCU films also. So hopefully this does good. Hopefully he gets a season two. I should, I hope he gets his own movie because I, I truly, again, I, I have his, his first appearance in comics, his second, his third, his first solo. You know, Moon Knight is my favorite Marvel character. It, it's funny seeing like people, like, obviously they, any show announcement, everyone posts their books or whatever, but it's always fun where they come out the woodwork. Like, I feel like the, the, if you're a Moon Knight fan, you know, who like, we know who we are. You know what I mean? We, we're our own little, our own little cold over here that let's been chanting, chanting Moon Knight, his praises. I just, I just hope that they can get it right. Cause it's a very complex character with the associative identity disorder. Hopefully they can kind of show that on screen. And from from what I'm seeing, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to keep myself calm. I don't want to get myself overhyped and you know expecting the moon. So I I really want to go in and just you know level keel and just really hoping to be kind of blown. Away. I think they're going to have creative ways of showing us the kind of split personalities and the multiple personalities because you have a lot of mirrors, big heavy mirror theme throughout this. You see him walking, but the other two stay behind. Like I think they're going to be able to puddles, like reflections, like a lot of things like that. Yeah, I feel like you're going to show us kind of that piece of it where you're going to see creative new ways to do that. I have two questions for you and then we can move on or I'll get your final thoughts on the trailer itself okay. is number one, have moon Knight books either since the rock, you know, the rate, um, the announcement of the series or since even that first look a couple months ago or this trailer, have those books been on the rise in terms of popularity and price or is it still that kind of, uh, like you said, small little corner here? Well, I mean, it, Werewolf by Night 32, which is the first appearance of Moon Knight, um, th that book's been on so many damn hot comic lists all throughout. 
just to give you an example, I see it a 9.0 sold in January for 5,400. Just look, I'm just looking at GPA just real quick. Bah, 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 bah. I see a 9.4 sold in January. January, which that's a copy I have 9.4 for $10,800. Uh, I see a 9.6 in November 2021 sold for 25,200. And in 2020, and the 9.8, which I think there's only 19 on the census, that sold for $31,200. So, I, I mean, when when a show gets announced, especially the trailer, like the trailer was awesome. So now you're seeing, you know, crazy prices. So I imagine within the next week or two, you're, there's going to be some record-breaking sales. People are trying to get in on it now. And I, I would say if you're looking to buy a Moon Knight book, right in hell is not the time to buy that book. You got to wait. You waited too long. My other question is you had said, I don't know, roughly 70 to 100 times in this podcast that you wanted Moon Knight in the white getup, specifically not a suit. Right, and we're getting Are it. you happy with the way he looks? Well, just, I mean, we only, we got the the one shot where he kind of turns to the camera, designer shot. I thought that was badass. And then the other, my favorite shot was him pounding on the werewolf or creature, whatever he's being. I thought that was the, the best look that I seen the suit look. When he's speaking of the suit, if you guys ever watched Sailor Moon back in the day, oh, if you knew how she put on her, her, like her armor or her outfit, it's kind of like how Moon Knight did it. So I'm, I would be curious to see if they kind of got inspiration from how she's like, his is like, it's just like a mummy wrap. Some kind of like, if you go back, like if someone could compare the two side by side in like a video, they're pretty identical. So I, I always wondered if they got that from Sailor Moon. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Sailor Moon, but I just, well, I did watch a few episodes back in the day and that's how her, her uniform came on. Like something like Moon Knight. I just thought that was hilarious. Was there any other observations or things you wanted to mention about the trailer before we move on? I mean, again, if people want to, you know, read up on them, like you can read online. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. Just, you know, just, just look, do your research, type, you know, you could just type in where by night 32. You could read, there's a lot of websites on there that you can actually read the book, you know, or go, go support your local comic store. Go buy a couple issues of Moon Knight just to familiarize, read up online instead of just kind of maybe just showing up like just like just pick it up when. He picks up his cell phone. We see that, that little cell phone in the crevice. And it's a woman like, Mark Spector, my God, you're alive. So me, knowing the comics, that's his girlfriend, Marlene. But for for other readers, like, oh, that's just a lady. I don't know who she is. But in the comics, he's with someone, Marlene. So I would assume that's who that is. But again, just you know, to familiarize something with a little bit more info can't hurt. And now I'm going to take it over in gaming. Now that we're over an hour in. And we're going to start it big. Because we have... December's and 2021's overall NPD. Yeah, we'll we'll try our best to move fast, but also show some respect for the stories tonight. Um, no impressions or anything like that tonight. So a lot of just news that that we'll go through. Uh, first being December 2021's top 20 games sold. I love doing this. It's like one of my favorite segments every single month. I love seeing what goes up, what comes down. And remember, for Nintendo games especially, no digital sales were tracked, so most of these will be even higher. And Microsoft does not include Game Pass. These are just copies sold, not downloaded on Game Pass. Number 20, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, a five-year-old game. Number 19, up from number 29, which is awesome, Super Mario 3D World. Number 18, Ghost of Tsushima. Number, hey. number 17, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Number 16, Forza Horizon 5. Number 15, Just Dance 2022. 
Jeez. Number 14, Far Cry 6. Number 13, Minecraft. Number 12, up from 21, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Number 11, FIFA 22. Number 10, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number 9, NBA 2K22. Number 8, Marvel, I'm sorry, uh, Mario Party Superstars. Number 7, up from number 12, Miles Morales. Number 6, Mario Kart 8. (laughs) Another 5-year-old game. Uh, It's actually like a 13-year-old game or 10-year-old game. Uh, Number 5, Battlefield 2042. Number 4, Madden 22. Number 3, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. Number 2, new to the list. The only new to the list. December wasn't a great month for new releases because Halo Infinite kept them all. Halo Infinite is your number 2. And number 1, Call of Duty Vanguard, now an Xbox franchise. (laughs) Which is insane to say. But Halo Infinite... Even being on Game Pass, still the number two. That's solid. They got to be happy with that. For December, I would, I would imagine so because I played it on Game Pass. I'm not fucking buying it. <laughs> no more physical copies for You're you. Out of your goddamn mind if you think I'm buying it. Uh, the, however, um, best games. Sorry, the. Who um, oh, I can't even speak. The best games of 2021. Most selling games of 2021. Uh, are as follows number 20 forza horizon 5 number 19 mortal kombat 11 number 18 back for blood 17 smash bros ultimate 16 assassin's creed valhalla 15 nba 2k 22 14 animal crossing new horizons 13 minecraft 12 fifa 11 far cry 6 10 super mario 3d world plus bowser's fury 9 mlb the show 21 number 8 resident evil village which is awesome Seven, Mario Kart 8. Six, Mm -hmm. Spider-Man Miles Morales. Five, Battlefield 2042. Now, there is no Ghost of Tsushima on this list, unfortunately. Damn. Number four, coming out November 19th, so in just a month and a half, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. That's that's not surprising. It sold six million in its first week. Like, that's more than fucking... It's almost beat Ghost. It's like most, yeah, it's most (laughs) other exclusives. It's crazy. Um, number three, Madden. Number two, Call of Duty Black Ops. And number one, Call of Duty Vanguard. And funny you mentioned Call of Duty. IGN just said Call of Duty could move away from an annual release model as high-level Activision Blizzard employees are reportedly calling for the move. Yeah, and it's it's funny because they have three different studios that work on it. Treyarch, Infinity Ward, and... Something I can't remember the third one. I'm not a huge, huge Call of Duty guy, but they rotate. So they have three years to make each game, but it comes out annually because there's three Call of Duty. Things. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind if they kind of reset on the franchise. Vanguard. I think that's a smart move. Vanguard, while the best selling game, it, it, the sales are down year over year. There's a, obviously a lot going on with the acquisition. I wouldn't mind it, but at the same time, your Xbox, you just spent $70 billion. You got to recoup some of that money. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And at the same time, the deal doesn't go through till next year. So even if they took this year off, which I don't, I bet you that game is already well in development. I, I just don't know. Um, yeah. But interesting about those selling games is, <clears throat> you know, what game is not on there, which I'm shocked, but also and saddened, but also not shocked. Metroid dread Metroid dread didn't even make, I shouldn't say even 
It's a Metroid game. It's, it still did good. It didn't even make the top 10 best selling Switch games of the year. Um, Wait, but there's so many Switch games. That that's fine, that's though. the thing. It was number 11. So it's not like it was far down the It's line. a good problem to have, though. There were so many bangers out for Switch. When Switch sells so many legacy titles like Mario Kart, Breath of the Wild, yeah. Super Mario Odyssey, yeah. and all that, I get it. It sucks that that hasn't been integrated into that yet. And it only came out in October. So it's not like it's, you know, brand new. It didn't have all year. Yeah. Like that. It came out like October 8th or something like that. But. And another positive, it is the best-selling Metroid game ever. It's going to hit three million, which Metroid has never done. So, like, th- there's a lot of positives there. But I think when you're out of that top ten, even though it's number eleven, a lot of people take a lot of stock into top ten. And if you're eleven, you're somehow considered a failure. I just wanted to point out, Dread is still alive and well. It's just not doing gangbusters like a Mario Kart or something. Yeah. Like and we mentioned earlier that Game Pass already passed 25 million subscribers. Like that that's insane. Yeah, billions and billions and billions of dollars a year just in Game Pass money alone. Yeah. Uh they and it's only going to get better, by the way. Banjo-Kazooie is available now on Nintendo Switch online. It dropped right before we started recording, so that's January's game, and right before we started recording, Nintendo put out a tweet saying that February's game will be The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. So look forward Ooh. to that one. Another banger. Very nice. And and now we had Paper Mario in December. We had Banjo in January. And we're getting Majora's Mask in February. That to me confirms that Nintendo will continue with the one game a month for Nintendo 64 being added to the service. Um, we know they have Mario Golf and Pokemon Snap and F-Zero and a ton of other projects in the works. So that'll probably take us through the end of the year. Before we get that next round, which is where I think GoldenEye will come in. Oh, baby. The Kingdom Hearts game finally got a release date on Switch of February 10th. Yeah, we're talking 1 and 2 and 3 and 2.5 and was it 258 over 7 or something like that. Like all those games are, I'm not even kidding. Like that's like a real title. Like it's Kingdom Hearts 258 over 7 remix or something. Like I, I can't get into all that. That's just too much for me. <clears throat> but just remember two things. Number one, they are the cloud versions. Not a good thing. Mm. Number two, there are free demos available right now for them. And they're getting shit on because, again, they're the cloud versions. Uh, my advice to you is if you want to play Kingdom Hearts, just go to PlayStation. <laughs> Buy them on PlayStation. You can get all of them in one pack for 40 bucks. Do it. Don't don't spend 80 on the Switch versions for the cloud. Play them where I have them on your PlayStation. You'll be fine. Now, beware on this one. Both Pokemon Legends Arceus and Horizon Forbidden West have leaked all over the goddamn place. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can't go. I had to mute all these words on Twitter because. Did you get did you get something spoiled? Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, I, th- I thought I saw you on Twitter saying, God damn it. I saw something. fucking leakers, man. So. As I'm a big one? as I'm scrolling, I got five new Pokemon that I have never seen before spoiled, um, including uh, some big ones, some real big ones. Um, so somehow I didn't get spoiled on. I didn't get any story spoilers, except I kind of did. I saw it, but I don't know what I saw. Like I, I'm fairly positive I saw some words that I can piece together what it was, but because I scrolled fast and didn't get the full context, I'm going to 
hope that I just misread it and I'll never go back to it until these games come out in a fucking month, like a week. I can wait a week. People already have their hands on it. They're saying you can spend hundreds of hours in this game. No problem. It's everything that you wanted from a Pokemon game. And it's like a great departure from the normal. So like it's getting me very, very excited that these people that don't play Pokemon games for a living are saying that this game's awesome. That's great to hear. But I got five very important Pokemon spoiled to hell for me. And I'm rather upset because I wanted to go in blind. But I'll tell you this. Hopefully there's more new ones at least. Uh, th- there are. And I'll tell you this. I now know who my starter will be. be- because of reasons. That's all. Okay. That's all I'll say is beware. I hate this. I wish that I was going into this blind as a bat. But no. Twitter has to be assholes, and now I have to mute on YouTube with their fucking thumbnails being ass. You should have said blind as Zubat, but it's okay. That's, that's better, and that's why you're better than me. <laughs> Our DMs will say that Sammy is the best. That's it for me. Uh, I, I'm i pissed. I'm pissed to sell. <laughs> that this Pokemon oh, game no. has been leaked, and now I have all these fucking new Pokemon that I was looking forward to meeting for the first time. I now know what they look like, and I now know they exist. And I'm just pissed. And the last story we have in gaming, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga finally got a new release date. April 5th, which is awesome. Um, I'm very interested in this title. Um, it's got a six minute gameplay trailer, and that's probably the reason I'm very interested. And it, it looked awesome. It, it looked fun as it hell. It just did. I can't I can't say anything. And more. I'm not a huge Lego gamer. I doubt I'll get it, but I thought it looked fun as hell. The Lego games aren't my style. Star Wars isn't my favorite thing, but this is this is doing something for me. And I agree. That's six that it needed that. It was delayed multiple times. Should have come out in 2020. And uh now we're a year and a half later and we're finally getting it. For them to drop seven minutes was the right thing to do. And like I think it's revamping excuse me, people's excitement levels in this title, and I'm I'm definitely excited for that. Uh getting into TV now, Godzilla. That's right. We're starting off with Godzilla in TV is getting a TV series, but not on HBO Max where I thought it would come with with Warner Bros and all that. Going to Apple TV Plus. Like number 1, this came out of nowhere. Was not expecting it. Um considering they did what? Didn't they do a Godzilla on Netflix like an animated show? Two, I think. Um I, I I'm like god damn it. I don't want to get another TV service, but I, I might have to. I mean, like between that, I still got to see C, and there's a couple other shows too. But. Ted Lasso, For All yep. Mankind. Sam, I've told you this before. I know, I no, know. No, 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 there's no. the free month. There's the free six are, months, dude. But I'm, stude, I'm still, I, I just watched, epi- I just finished Peacemaker episode four. I'm only on episode four of Titans. There's 13, like, just me not being caught up on Titans is, you know, I'm I'm back. So up. wait till there's something that catches your on Apple, and then drop the pl- turn on your PS5 and just redeem the six months. It's fucking free. Oh, and and also, um, the new season of Ozark is available now. Oh, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we dropped this on a Friday. So yeah, yeah, by the time you hear this, Ozark Part One of the final season, yep. the first seven episodes is available. That's going to be our Friday night. Shark Tank and then Ozark. Yeah, that's I, me and Kyle. I was like, it's, it's out tomorrow. So I was like, all right, we're benching at least two, three episodes. B- by the way, I'm very happy to report that Ashley very much enjoyed Peacemaker too. 
Yes. Glad so, to hear that. I did did you see episode four yet? I did not. A very busy day for us. All all I'm gonna say is the funniest part is uh John Cena and Robert Patrick. Just them talking and there's a jail scene. I cracked the hell up. That was hilarious. Some people said this was the slowest and worst episode, but I I wouldn't mind a nice little slow after the first yeah, I laughed I laughed out loud. Yeah. But again, this is more you it goes deeper. You find a, a, a lot more effed up shit that happened to Peacemaker. So it, it was it was definitely it, it, this was the character development for every single character. So I could see why people thought it was slow. You only had maybe one one little action scene. Everything else was just character building. That's fine with me. And that's what I think this Godzilla series is so awesome. You want to talk about like action, but also like what characters are they going to build? Apparently, this is going to build off the 2014 film. I would have expected it maybe off the sequel, um, or even Godzilla versus Kong. Well, I would imagine all monsters are, but up for grabs. But yeah, here, there right? are, you know we there is a lot of potential because Toho is going to have their hand in it, and also Legendary and W. Uh, I'm sure WB two. So there's apparently a ton of uh, uh, rumors already about which monsters. But the whole Legendary MonsterVerse, we're talking Mothra, we're talking Ghidorah, we're talking a lot of these guys. Could potentially show up, and that to me on a TV series, I don't know. With the budget that movies get versus the budget that TV series get, um, it's got me a little worried. But yeah. this show, here's what I'll say: if this show's about the humans, they fucked up. Simple as that. Ooh, it's got to be about the monsters. It's got to be, and that means you're going to need a big CG budget because it, it can't all be the monsters. No, but I don't give a shit about the 2014 characters. That already happened. Can't we get something different? Can't we get a new storyline with new humans? If this was like any if Maybe this was new humans, if, right, if this was new humans, I'd be like, okay, cool. But like, I don't give a shit about Aaron Taylor Johnson's character, whatever his name is. I don't give a shit about Millie Bobby Brown's character. They weren't good. I don't, I don't care about them. If you gave me new humans, I'd say, all right, give them a chance, brother. But now I'm I'm kind of just I already have Apple TV Plus. I already love the service. It's gonna be another banger to a great service. I'm just kind of like waiting for it at this point. I'm not over amped because you can kind of get Godzilla anywhere right now. Yeah. So we'll kind of wait for that one. The Cuphead animated Netflix series got its debut trailer the same day that they announced the acquisition for Xbox. So it definitely got overshadowed and also a release date of February 18th. All these things we've waited so long for are so close now. I mean, the Cuphead, it, it just doesn't do it for me. Uh, I, I can see why people like, I, again, you're gonna, people are going to watch it, obviously, who played and beat the game. I felt like this was probably more maybe up your alley. Uh, definitely up Anthony Pino's alley. Shout out to Anthony. He's killing it at the war room over there, war room Philly, but... Uh, he's a huge Cuphead guy. I'm a huge Cuphead guy. I will say this. You said a lot of people uh, play the game and beat it. Not a lot of people beat that game that that you know. Uh, it was hard. It was hard. It was harsh. So a lot of people played it. Just a lot of <laughs> that game was fucking it. brutal. Um, I am on the third island. I've never beaten it. I own it on three platforms. Uh, it is brutally difficult. I am happy to say that I will beat it because I'm determined because I'm the farthest in my Switch version. So I'll, I'll give it a give it a shot. Uh, again, but that game's fucking brutal. Um, I am I'm psyched on this. You know, it takes me a lot to get into an animated project. This is one of those projects where I'm gonna at least give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, the Santa Claus. That's right. 
the Santa Claus, the same day we're going to talk about a Christmas story soon, is getting a Disney Plus series with Tim Allen reprising his role. And uh, and he he did he did three movies. Correct? Yeah, and the Santa Claus one is my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Probably yeah. probably One's- tied with Vacation, and uh, I don't know how I feel about this one. I mean, I, I I need a refresher. I remember liking one the best, but I forget two and three. Like two and three are so- actively bad movies. I mean, I just again just being a completist and wanting to kind of you know go back into just seeing Tim Allen as saying I would want to rewatch three. I'm I'm not going to be all out on this show on this show yet just because i like tim allen oh yeah and it's gonna be cute and it's gonna be fun just don't give me the shit that happened in two where he gets the robot clone or in three where it's jack frost and all that nah, stuff. no i i think they're over i think they knew that that's what didn't work and yeah i go go back to what actually mattered when the first one was where it's more about like heart and family i would i would give you that i don't know if what's his face his son is going to come back because he's in his 30s now i have no idea what any of that looks like um, or what the elves that are now in their 30s and 40s, what they're up to, um, Bruce, or I, I can't remember their names, my gosh. But uh, overall, Tim Allen's hilarious. I'm definitely excited for that aspect of it. And Disney Plus has hit hard on their reboot series, like Mighty Ducks and stuff. They, they really haven't missed a lot. So I'm, I'm willing to give them a chance just on that alone. They've done a good job with their reboot series. So I'm yeah. in. Just please don't please almost retcon the second and third movie because they're just bad. I do not enjoy them. They make me not like Christmas. That's right. I said it. Uh, <laughs> King of the Hill is getting rebooted. Alongside this news is Mike Judge is opening a new animation studio that will be heading this project along with like a dozen other new shows in the work. So kind of a double story there. I mean that, that's cool. I, I again another show I never really got into that much. I only watched a few episodes. Kind of funny stuff, you know. Mike Mike Judge, right? Yeah, Beavis and Butthead, all that good stuff. Yeah, so obviously he he he's good at what he does. If you're into that, again, Beavis and Butthead, I was never a huge fan of. King of the Hill wasn't a huge fan of. So his stuff really didn't really wasn't really up my alley. Beavis and Butthead getting a new movie or TV series. I can't remember which where they're like adult versions. So that's probably jumping the shark a little bit there. But King of the Hill, to me, wasn't very funny as a child. I watched a few episodes in the past couple of years. Much funnier now as an adult. You just get the jokes. So I would yeah, say we were just a little young. I would say yeah. go back to it now, and I bet you'll laugh a little harder. It might not be your favorite thing in the world, but King of the Hill hits a little harder now than it did um, when we were kids. Yeah. Last story in TV, The Lord of the Rings on Prime uh, did get its official title. It's still on track for its September 2nd release date. That's not news, but the name of the show, the Lord of the Rings, the rings of rings. No, uh, the Lord of the rings, the rings of power, the power of the ring, the ring of the power. Again, I, I it was like a, a one minute little tease. They gave us, you know, at, at first, you know, you're thinking, Oh, you know, it looks pretty cool. You know, I think maybe it was all done on computer, but no, it wasn't. It was all, it was all freaking really. You watched they released like a little behind the scenes snippet. I thought that was so freaking neat. Um, even though this, they started. I think they filmed this in like. I, I think they started in 2019 filming, if I'm not mistaken. So it's only it's only eight episodes that we're getting. It's already signed for season two. To me, like this has to run at least 
what minimum five seasons because I think they would they think they committed a billion dollars to this show so they better hope it's a hit if not Amazon just threw away a billion dollars everybody has Amazon Prime but not everybody yeah. utilizes Prime Video and The Boys has really been that series to kind of break through and bring Amazon Prime into pop culture but yeah. what you're missing is that Star Wars kind of Lord yep. of the Rings aspect to it and that's what this will bring because everybody's going to realize, holy shit, I already have this service. Wow, I got to go check it out. And I really think that this is going to bring a boom, a boom of people that already have the service onto it. I don't think it's going to be a service seller because everybody already has fucking Amazon Prime. And like you yeah. use it for Prime. You don't use it. Yeah. You know, so Of course. You want that you want that two-day show. So yeah, yeah, I think that this is just going to bring a lot of people onto the platform, which is then going to do numbers for their other shows, <laughs> like Man in the High Castle, Red Oaks, um, Jack Ryan, and you know, all that. The Expanse, which just ended, unfortunately. Great show. And like yeah. stuff like that. And the boys. So like that's it's just smart. And by the way, the boys comes out in June and will be over right around the time September 2nd happens. So you're talking pretty much back to back that's prime is amazon prime video is is very very well positioned for the second half of 2022 i i'm so happy to dive back into this world and here just just a little snippet they give you set thousands of years before the events of the hobbit and lord of the rings the series begins during a time of peace and covers all the major events from the second age of middle earth the forging of the ring of powers the rise of the dark lord sauron the story of the island kingdom of Numir and the last alliance between elves and men. I cannot wait to dive back in. I, I, Lord of the Rings was, I really, they, he really should have released the Hobbit first, then the Lord of the Rings, because there's no way the Hobbit was going to touch the Lord of the Rings. That's still my favorite. Two Towers, still my favorite movie. I cannot wait to see this, the Rings of Power. Uh, yeah, I, um, I'll watch it. I love this. I'll shit. watch it. I love this. I shit. tried, man. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Keep battling, brother. Keep battling. I I can I will promise you that I'll have the first movie done by September. I'll know about the other ones. <laughs> but again, it's a thousand years before. I'm sure I'll need to see them for the references, but I don't have to see the yeah. movies. I'm but again, if you do like just I'm telling you, watch the Hobbit trilogy first. No, I've I already I started Fellowship. I'm already halfway it'll, through. It'll Fellowship. slap so much harder. I don't want to. I'm not. I'm skipping those movies though. I'm only going to watch it. It's taken me six months to watch a half of one of them. You think I'm going to get this in it? Fuck. I do like Chris. That's it. I do like Chris. That's Grixis. all I got to say. Does he have an, the same accent? He he's actually plays a monster. Uh, what? But he now I'm more intrigued. Yeah, but, it's it, dude. It, like that's like it's it's good, but it just doesn't get to the level of where Lord of the Rings was. It's good though. It, that's what I'm saying. It's worth the watch. Well, speaking of things that would be worth the watch, let's move into movies uh, where the Batman will be reportedly three hours long. I think like two fifty four or something. I'm going to bring a container so I don't have to leave leave my seat at all and just try to do it real inconspicuously. My recommendation would be a bottle of Arizona iced tea. That shit is a big bottle. It will be all right. That that or Gatorade or something like that. Like I'm just yellow I'm, Gatorade. I'm to- Nobody will know the difference. <laughs> I'm going to have to dehydrate myself like the day before just to prepare for this. You're going to go in looking like fucking Christian Bale from The Machinist. Just like four Dude, pounds. Yo, I got to do what I got to like do. Like four pounds. I'm here to see the movie. I, I did see uh, Matt Reeves. I guess he just screened the movie. I don't know if it was for him and other people, but he said it was, He's I guess, saw for like the first, like, on a and big IMAX, IMAX yeah. screen. And he said it was, you know, obviously you're going to say it's a great film, but it's good to know that the, the final 
of the final cut of the film is done at least because you, you kept hearing that two two versions are going around right now. So it's good to good to know that he said on. One. I can't wait for two things with that movie. Number one, Paul Dano. Number two, mm. the end credit scene and what it's going to tease for the future. I just cannot wait for those two things. What's what's the calling card that they leave for the next? You know, because again, I always think back to Batman Begins, the ending of that Joker card that is still the one that like that fan reaction was like how I consider like when Avengers got Avengers Assemble when Cap said that like that like, that was like the audience level like I, I I need that reaction like that I need something what can you bring me to give me that Mister Freeze probably Scarecrow. I mean that, that again just give me well Scarecrow you know we, we got Batman yeah. we. Scarecrow was in all three of them, actually. Yeah, he was. So, well, hey, listen, I'm, I'm we got okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger, so we got Mr. Freeze. Yeah, but we no one's going to do better than that. that. <sighs> shit, shit, the animated series is better than that. Come on. I, uh, I have a lot of ice puns to tell you today. I don't know. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's funny. Uh, me and Kelly, just she never seen any of the old Batman, so we just watched Batman and Batman Returns. She liked the first one. Uh, uh, the one with uh, Jack Nicholson better than the one with Dane DeVito. But next is Val Kilmer, and then it's Arnold. Speaking of Val Kilmer, did you watch Val yet? Not yet, dude. I, I heard it's like a transcendent that. documentary that you need to watch. I was just, I was just, Neil saw it. He said, he was like, Sam, I loved it. He goes, if I love it, you're really going to love yeah. it. So, again, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Val Kilmer. So, I, you know, that's on Amazon well, Prime, by there. the way. You want to talk about Again, I forget. I always, like you said, people forget Amazon Prime. Yeah. I'm one of them people. Uh, Red Notice is not just getting a sequel, it's getting two. And they're filming back to back. Jesus, I mean, yeah. and it's all of them: Johnson, Reynolds, Godot, and and Ralston Marshall Thurber, the director. They're all coming back. God, it's it's you know again. I know it broke crazy records on Netflix. I know still it, my favorite pick of the week you ever had, guys. I didn't I didn't really like it, but I got nothing else. It's the most defeatist pick of the week ever. I was honest with you, you know, again, it's funny that I looked, the budget was $200 million, the biggest movie they ever had on uh, Netflix, and the box office estimate was $2 million. <laughs> But we're getting two but more. It was, it, but it was successful enough that so many people watch on Netflix. Again, anything The Rock's in right now, it's it, it's going to be it. Oh, guys, it's so It late. is getting late. You had a long I'm day. I'm so tired. I'm going, I'm so tired. Uh, Let's battle through it, brother. Come the, on. I have no interest in these next few stories just because I'm tired. The King's Man, which is the new one, will stream on Hulu beginning February 18th. So you don't have to worry if you missed it in theaters because a lot of people did. I I did. I didn't hear great things. I mean, again, the first the, the second wasn't even that. I wasn't really a fan of it. The first one was still the best one. Maybe I'll see this if it ever comes. You know, I don't got Hulu yet, so we'll see if it comes anymore. Free trial, seven days. Hulu and Pen One, Pen One Five, and Letterkenny. There you go, um, or Pen Fifteen, or Penis, however you want to say it. A sequel to the Christmas Story, which yes, I think we already got one of those. I think it's called like a Christmas Story Two, and it's a piece of shit. But this is going to be another new the story. Sequel. Goes on right, another new sequel to a Christmas Story is in the works for HBO Max. Yeah, and I think they said the original, the, the, the kid's in it. They obviously, he's a grown man now, but I think he's coming back. I, I forget his freaking even character's name is, but I, I was never a really huge fan of Christmas Story Girl. Yeah, up, to me, this is I the mean, most hey, overrated Christmas movie of all time. I can't. I don't yeah, really it's like it. it's probably the Christmas movie that I'll never watch again. I have no in interest. I, I've seen him going down a slide 75 times. That's the only scene I really know. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Get it out of my face. Uh, in music, our last story before Sam's Weekly Wada. The 
excuse me, the When We Were Young Fest has been announced for October 22nd in Vegas. And it's funny, I get made fun of for being an emo kid, but everybody on my fucking timeline on Facebook would shut the fuck up. Your 13 year old self right now would freak. They're all like, I gotta go. Like, stop. No, you're not. You're not going. We all know you're not going. It's in fucking Vegas. No, shout out to our buddy Ryan Simmons. He made a post on Facebook. He goes, Yo, I knew we always said, We'll go, we'll go. He said, If anyone goes, you send me a picture that you're there. I'll Venmo you 20 bucks for a beer. I thought that was such a cool move by Simmons. It's, it's a stack lineup. My Chemical Romance, Paramore, AFI, The Used. I won't go through them all, but like they, you want to talk about when we were young. The best joke I saw about this, somebody on Twitter called it the Warp Tour, but they spelled warped with AARP in it. The Warp oh, Tour. Great. I thought that was so that's funny. Good. That's good. It, it is, though. Like it's you know, To me, when I, when I see this, I see your bands, Hawthorne Heights, Armor for Steep, Silverstein, Senses Fail. Uh, yeah, I thought you liked the main, so I guess not. But hey, again, listen, Bay- like that, Bayside, like, Alkaline Trio, yep. Dance Gavin Dance, The All American Rejects, A Day to Remember, um, which hopefully they play old. The stuff. story so far. First of all, Glassjaw, dude, I fucking love Glassjaw. Amberlynn, huh? Yeah, Amberlynn, Four Years Strong. So, like, there's a ton of bands. Uh, the Wonder Years, uh, Thursday. Fucking, yeah. I, you know, to hear yeah. understanding in a car crash live. But like, I think there's some issues with this thing. And like I said, I've everybody all over Facebook. We got to go. We got to go. I've been tagging this thing fucking 50 times. You're not going. There'll be, there'll be, four, there'll be four people that we know. You're not know. going. I'm not going. It's okay. We're not going. I looked up the hotel. I can get a hotel for cheaper than a ticket. Like, yeah, the hotel and ticket packages start at 500 bucks. If you just want the general admission, it's 225 And that's before fees. You're talking about $300 fucking almost for a ticket. You bring your girl, your boyfriend, that's $600 between two just to get in. And the problem with this is it's a one-day festival. So you're telling me yep. it's from 11 to 12. So it's 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. So in 13 yeah. hours. Three stages. You're, I, I would imagine there's more. You're going to fit all these bands in. What are they going to do? Play a five-minute set? Like so, I get I get it. I appreciate that the the when we were young, I think it was their Instagram put out an FAQ, and it was how many stages the num the number they gave were was multiple. Uh, what were the sets going to be like? Some long, some short. Thanks. Um, <laughs> like they said, my chem and Paramore will get an hour. Okay, well that tells me everybody else is getting five minutes. Like. Hey, we're dashboard. Here's one song. Hands down. And thank you. Well, it's, I mean, it, it, it could be a good time to go see these bands because they're going to play all the hits. Like maybe some of these bands, like, you know, wouldn't like some of you, like if you go see, um, like Pearl Jam, they don't, they don't just go and play the hits. They change their sets up every night. So this could be a good day. If you wanted to see them, it could be your, you know, if, like, if you hey, have been, if you've been dying since 2004 to hear the song swing, swing live, you by all means, knock yourself out. Cause all American rejects going to play that shit. I, oh, I yeah. get it. I understand. You want to hear, um, tell me what you thought about when you, you're going to hear it. I skater boy. You're going to hear gonna, it. Skater boy. Right. You're going <laughs> to hear it. Jimmy world. If you haven't heard, it just takes some time, more times than you can count in your life. The most overplayed song in history. You're going to hear it live. So like you're, you make a good point, but at the same time, why would I want to go see five sets? Like we're lucky. So I say this to somebody who lives in Philadelphia, very, very, popular piece of the music scene in the world especially this genre all these bands when they go on tour come to philly or new jersey anyway 
So like, yeah. I'll, I will just wait and I will pay $15 or $20 to go see them because the bands I love nowadays are Will Away, Hot Mulligan. And like I said earlier, the bangers, Where's New Found Glory, the early November, like Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco. You want to talk about the scene bands and everybody, you can't miss them. Every band from the scene. Are you kidding me? The top two biggest bands from the scene are missing. In Fall Out Boy yeah, and Panic. Bro. Where's the Academy is making a comeback? The Audition making a comeback? If it were those bands, I'd be a little bit more excited because now you're talking 600 for tickets. You're talking about a $400 hotel package. This is a $1,000 trip. Airfare. It ain't ha- no, well, well the, the thing includes airfare that I looked up. So you're talking about a $1,000 round trip. It's not happening. It's just not. So everybody yeah. that's talking-ish, you ain't going. And that's cool. Like, Go, don't go, whatever. It's a stacked lineup. It's really neat. But like Dance Gavin, I've seen so many of these bands before that I don't have like that urge. I've been tagged. You got to go. Like, what do you think? I've never seen fucking like Mayday Parade before. I don't even like them, but I've seen them a couple of times because they were openers for other people. So what I did do is we're going to talk about our top three, the top three most bands we'd be most excited to see. You said it already. You did two and one, two you never seen and one you did. I did yeah. the top three bands I'd want to see that I never have yet. One of those I've technically seen before, but I don't remember anything about it. So kind of went into this with these three bands that I'm going about to say I've never seen live before. So let's start with you. What's your number? Three? Okay. My number three band I've never seen before is four years strong. Uh, that specifically that is on this festival, by the way. Yes. On this festival. Correct. Yeah. N- never saw them. Awesome pop punk band. I think they have. They might have like seven albums out right now. Getting better with I, age. I love- they're like better now than they were. Like they're really good now. Yeah, we well, get, yeah, well, you know, when they first, their first CD, I don't even know if it ever even got like a physical release. Um, I know that again, like I would, I would want to go like, this would be the song, what the other hits? Like what the hell is a gigawatt? Find my way back. Let me hear the, they are more older songs, but they're newer stuff I'm going around on. I don't listen to music as much as I used to, but Four Year Strong is always a band that I heard puts on an awesome line. Yeah, you don't get that commute no more, brother. I get it. Like it's tough. It's fucking tough. I uh yeah. this I don't listen to a lot of music. We get a lot of music sent to us so I consume a ton of stuff. And like I do drive ish, but I don't have that commute to work anymore. Uh my number yeah. three of all the bands that you had said when we were just going through that lineup, the one fucking band that you mentioned happens to be my number three. Anne Berlin. Mm. Um I've never seen them live. I really wanted to in 2012. I had an opportunity and I canceled on my friend the day of the show because of a girl. That's just what I did back then. Sam knows it. Sam knows it. Uh, I like there was a time in 2004 when Anne Berlin was the only thing spinning on my record player. And uh, And they got a lot of good songs. A ton. If I heard like foreign language, one of their oldest songs, I would love that. Naive Orleans, Cadence, We Dreamt in Heist is one of their big ones. And then you talk about Never Take Friendship Personal. That whole record is basically unskippable from from Paper Thin Hymn, Stationary, Stationary, A Day Late. One of my favorite songs ever, Dance Dance Krista Pagan or Pafkin or Pafgin or whatever. Uh, don't need no drugs i love that song dude it's so good time of confusion the runaways a day late fuck yeah give me Anne berlin again they play for like 10 minutes but i would love to see them now my number two is a band that i saw once i saw with you at can i take um, a guess starland ballroom there's only one band i think here that we saw go ahead it is the starting line I, I freaking love the starting line. I, I, and I saw them later. I never got to see them in their heyday. I, That's I right. saw them like yeah. 
three or four years ago. So it's like, I, I still have a little bit in me. You never and saw Kenny did. with the frosted tips. You only saw Yeah. Him. I never saw him in the, in the drive through records when the he had his shells. Get yeah, again. Well, the, well, we didn't go. I wanted to go this year, but we, you know, with everything going on, we, we didn't go because they did another uh, Christmas show. But when we went like three years ago, he never did bedroom talk because he promised the next time he come back, he'd play. He said, I remember him saying that that was his nightmare of him playing because I guess he has, he has a trouble playing it on bass live. And well, I guess plus, it's a harder song pl- to play. Well, plus it's just the whole song itself has this whole aura about it because of the nature yeah. of the of the lyrics and stuff like that. Yeah, but but he did say that, you know, I don't know if he did it for this this holiday. So if not, maybe have to, we have to try to go next year to, to see if he can play that song. Well, Bedroom Talk is my favorite starting line song of all time. It's a, it's a great it's a song. And, and, and just knowing that he knew that we all wanted to hear, but he couldn't play. Like, it, it's a little bummer. So hopefully he practiced a little bit. I remember that show. I remember where we were standing, too. Like, I remember very vividly Dude, we, that show. We, we fucking Starlight Bar was one of the best spots to go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the, that's the last time I'd seen them. I'd seen them probably like 10 times. They would probably be my number one on this list. They're probably my favorite band on this entire set. Like, Starting Line is one of my top, I don't know, 10 bands of all time. Yeah. I just think they're so iconic, and they... They came along at a time where so many other bands were in prominence that they deserved a bigger spotlight. So yeah. I don't have them on my list just because I've seen them so many times. Yeah. My number two is a band I've seen once, and it was a co-headlining tour with Say Anything, and I got there a little late. I missed half the set, and I don't remember a thing about it because when that happened, when this happened, I was with a girl who is what you could call clinically insane. And I probably don't have to mention a name, and you know exactly who I'm talking about. It's funny that a name popped right in my head. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's the right one, all right, dude? So you can imagine that I just didn't get to enjoy myself yeah, ever yeah. for those six yeah. months of my life, uh, but especially this night, and I would love to see Dashboard Confessional again. Oh, uh, nice. That's a nice curveball. Of, all, I like of that. all the bands, you would have thought I would have seen them 15 times. I just never... Schedules never aligned. Whenever they came to Philly, I just wasn't able to go. And when I finally got yeah. to see them with Say Anything, I was so excited. And clearly, I'm sitting here telling you I did not enjoy that night. There was also, they were coming a few years ago when they did this big festival at, at the pier with Taking Back Sunday and Dashboard, and all these big bands. I think the starting line was even there uh, too. And I had tickets and it was on Father's Day and I got sick and couldn't go. Yeah. I, I, and I need to eat the cost of the tickets too. Nobody wanted to buy them off me because it was father's day. So it was, yeah, it tough. sucked. I've never gotten to see them. They just came out with a new song. Um, I really should say he, I mean, Chris is really the, the back blo- the backbone of that. He's kind of doing his own thing, but um, their new single is so good. It's just pure old dashboard. Again, it gives me all the feels. I love it. Um, so yeah, dashboard confessional would be a fantastic uh, step. Can't, you can't go wrong. That's a classic pick. Number one, you would think it would be a day to remember, but I saw them like three, four times. Their new stuff hasn't really been really jiving with me as late. I, I really like their older stuff. But uh, can I take a guess? One? I think you know Dance, it. Gavin, dance? It is my number one, Dance, Gavin, Dance. A, a band that you've seen live. I hear that they are absolutely fantastic live. Killing it. Ha, has a great voice. I, I would want to see how they play with it and how they would juggle that. Just juggle that set list. You know, they have nine albums. I just read that they're working on their 10th album. Again, that, that's one where I want to see Chucky versus the Giant Taurus. I want to see Elder Goose, even though it's not, he wasn't the, the lead singer at the time, Tillian. So I don't know if he would play that song. Probably not, but I would still love to rock with them on it. And I'd be hurting for the next three days, but I'd, I want to rock. They were so good. 
They were so outstanding live. I saw them with Ryan Popejoy at the uh, Union Transfer in Philly. Such nice. a great venue. Such a great venue. Such a great night. And they did play some old stuff, which was cool. Tillian was in a walking boot for the show, so he couldn't like really do a ton. Yeah. Um, so I, that that part was always like, okay, I wish I could see them again when he can fully rock out. But I went a completely different direction. And just do you have the set the bands in front of you? I do. I'm looking at every. Take a guess. Is it something like crazy? Just, just I want you to just say what you think my number one is. Like I know you love Armor for Sleep, but you said you didn't see him. I know you saw Armor for Sleep. I've seen Armor for Sleep in the last couple of years. They did a reunion yeah, tour. So that that would that would be because I know you love Pope them. Joy and I went. That was the last show I ever saw at the um, what's the place in Chinatown? I, the truck, I would the say. Ha- I think you saw them again, but I would still say Hawthorne Heights. Nah, not even close. I, I don't don't take anything away. We interviewed them on the show, Chris Driver and I. We got the whole backstage thing, saw him live. That's where I discovered Heavy Things, one of my favorite bands. Is it Avril Lavigne? It is Paramore. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, I was going to say, is it one of the girls? Okay. It is Paramore. Uh, Paramore is secretly just one of my favorite bands ever. I have so much respect for Haley Williams and she her voice. Fantastic. She is just, she's one of the best vocalists of my entire generation. I've never seen them live. I've always wanted to. They just have put out banger after banger after banger. Um, recently divorced from Chad from newfound glory. He has found a new wife and also, um, just overcame cancer. So shout out to Chad from, from newfound glory. But, um, Haley Williams has always just been an icon in the pop punk emo scene and Paramore never on my docket. And I've always wanted to, they're just one of the bands. It's always kind of just been on the bucket list and never did anything about it. So if I were to see one band, if you had to take them all away, I'd say, man, I'd love to see Paramore. Can't go wrong. Sam, bring us home with your weekly WADA. Weekly WADA this week. It's been sitting on my desk for about a month uh, to finally talk about it. It may not be the greatest game, as you'll get to. It is Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Not the greatest game. You're right. It's not. I mean, God, IGN gave it a 2 out of 10. Nintendo Power gave it a 5.6 out of 10. Uh, EGM, Electronic Gaming Monthly, gave it a 1.5 out of 10. Again, not not great, but the Game Boy Advance, they did say it was the best. It was way it was only came out Game Boy Game Boy Color, PlayStation, and 64. They said Game Boy Color was, was the best that it came out. I got I barely got it. I love the damn movie. The movie, if you please see the animated movie, it's got that's got a 91% of Rotten Tomatoes. See the uncut versions, two minutes longer, a little bit more violent. This I got in a 7-0 A plus seal. Came out in 2000, made in Japan. I got the GameSpire sticker with the U.S. code on the front. This was based on the 2000 animated movie. This is the third-party LRB scene developed by Chemco. Again, I, I think, again, I have WADA. They, they recently announced that they're sometime probably within the first quarter of 2022 that they're going to be probably expanding their, their games of, of system. So I have a feeling it's going to be PS3 and PS4 just because it's just, it's just like a PS2 game, so I don't see why they wouldn't. And I have a boatload of games to send in. I, I have a literally, I'm looking at probably like 30 games to my left that I have to send in. And something tells me I'm going to let go of this game just because I'm going to need the room. But I just wanted to, again, the, the game, it, it, it didn't get, it's not great. I remember playing it. I thought it sucked. I think I played it and probably traded it in probably within the same month. But the main recommendation was mainly go watch the damn movie of Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Do we get, oh. 
We're just at two hours. So let's cut it now before we go way over. Everybody, thank you so much for hanging out. Huge episode. We did half the damn episode on just the acquisition of uh, of Activision Blizzard. That's how big this week was. My voice is ready for a damn nap. Everybody, thank you so much for hanging out. We'll see you next week for episode 268. What the hell is a gigawatt?